What's happening, weirdos? Uh, so happy that Rhett and Link are guests on the show tonight. We're tonight, whenever you're this morning. I don't know when you listen. But uh, we've been trying to make this happen for a while. Uh, I was a guest on their wonderful uh, YouTube show, Good Mythical Morning. I'm sure many, many of you know who they are. And if you don't, you're about, you're in, I'm going to say you're in for a treat. Uh, a couple things to plug. I have some new tour dates. Orlando, Orlando, Florida. You bet. Keep your eye out at Disney World those days. Because old Petey will probably be walking around with Lara Bites. My, old, my, my opener, my new opener. Uh, I was almost going to say old opener. Also, Fairfield, Connecticut, Boston, New York, Cary, North Carolina, and Orlando. We're going to be adding even more dates at PeteHolmes.com. Thank you to everybody that came out to Washington, D.C. That was an incredible show. I was so happy to um, meet and chat with you, some of some of the weirdos after the show. Such a, such a great show. Thank you for being there. So I'll, as they're added, just always, if you'd like, check PeteHolmes.com or follow me on Twitter or Instagram. We'll be posting on there all these new silly, silly fun boy, the tour, stand-up dates. Also going to be at Largo once a month, regardless of when you hear this, hear this episode. I'm going to be at Largo doing Pete Holmes Living at Largo, largo-la.com. Uh, that's once a month. I have my records, my vinyls at 800poundgorillarecords.com slash Pete Holmes. The proceeds for the Living at Largo LP go entirely to the Littlest Tumor Foundation, which is an incredible foundation. And um, I think that's all I really have to plug. Yeah, except for the picks. My sweet picks. I got my Alpha Brain. I got my Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web, the original Pete's pick, is, uh, is hemp oil, CBD oil. I, I'm seeing CBD everywhere I go, in coffee shops. I see it at the airport sometimes. People are selling CBD. Why do I love the Stanley Brothers CBD? It is the only CBD that I know that has grown in America, in Denver, for human consumption. CBD oil, for me, is a wonderful... It doesn't get you stoned. They use science to remove the THC. They leave the body and brain beneficial compound CBD. CBD, give it a goog if you're curious. It is a wonderful plant ally for me, anecdotally speaking, it is a wonderful anti-anxiety. It is a mood elevator. Almost every, all the Pete's Picks are mood elevators, if you notice. I'm, I'm about elevating that mood. I like taking it when I'm stressed. It is a wonderful, as I said, ally to have in your corner when you're feeling stressed and you're at work and you want to take something that doesn't take you out of the game. It's not an intoxicant. It just gives you a healthy, happy glow. That's It's running almost sub-perceptually, but you can feel it if you look for it. There's like a happiness fire burning inside of you, a very pleasant, warm, gentle fire glowing inside of you. And that is why I swear and take Charlotte's Web hemp oil every day, almost every day, certainly every day the past four months. I love it because I can work on it. I can write on it. Uh, it helps me when I'm traveling. It helps me if I'm trying to wind down at night and I need to get some rest. Uh, I get the mint chocolate flavor. Tastes like a thin mint. Works even better than a thin mint. I get the original formula. It's a little bit more expensive, but you can literally just take a few drops of it so a small bottle is going to last you a very long time. And they also make bombs and creams if you want to get CBD hemp on you topically for soothing your skin. Uh, these are wonderful ailments. I have, I have older friends, um, grandparent-type people in my life that have aches and pains and swear that internally and externally Charlotte's Web is one of the best 
um, remedies that they found, and that makes me so happy. Uh, so give it a try and show your support of this show by going to cwhemp.com slash weird and use promo code KEEPITCRISPY19 and you'll get 10% off. They have so many different uh, formulas and methods. They have capsules that I don't even mention here. Give the website a look, but go to cwhemp.com slash weird and use KEEPITCRISPY19. Get 10% off. Show your support. Also, Kachava. You guys know this. Kachava, not just breakfast, sometimes lunch, often dinner is a plant-based superfood drink mix that people are always asking me. They're curious about getting superfoods into their diet. They're curious about eating a more plant-based diet, but still feeling full, still feeling energized, and still enjoying it while they're eating it. I tell them to start with cachava. Cachava is a staple of my diet. It's 100% plant-based. It's got omega-3s. Everybody knows omega-3 fatty acids are very important. But here we're not getting them from fish. We're getting it from chia and flaxseed, which is going to get into your blood so fast and so quick. It's already ground up in the bag. Eight superfruits in the bag. 17 greens and veggies. So hard for me to get uh, greens in my diet, especially when I'm traveling. So I always bring cachava with me in my bag. Gluten-free, soy-free, no artificial sweeteners, no preservatives. It's got just enough coconut nectar in there, which is a low glycemic sweetener. So it's not going to spike your blood sugar, but it's going to be sweet and delicious. It's got powdered coconut milk in there, so you can make it with just water. Powder, water, shake it up. The milk gets activated with the water. The chocolate gets into the milk. You got yourself a chocolate milk sweetness drink that's got digestive support. 24 grams of plant-based protein, 9 grams of fiber, 1,000 milligrams of adaptogens. Makes you feel amazing, and it's actually delicious. Gives you a nutrition overload. (laughs) And basically, I like to say, it gets me high. It makes me feel fantastic from the maca root and the cacao, all of these things. As I said, mood-elevating things, uh, energy-enhancing, increasing things. It's basically a meal and a pill, but it's a meal and a shake bottle. I travel with it, but I also put it in my smoothies, and I make it for Val, as I always say, with almond milk and frozen strawberries. Tastes like a strawberry chocolate milkshake or a strawberry vanilla milkshake, if you're nasty. And you can get 20% off and show your support of this podcast by going to kachava, K-A-C-H-A-V-A dot com slash weird, 20% off, and you'll be doing the show a solid and bringing something into your life that I take and love and use every day. Uh, here's Rhett and Link, guys. Hope to see you out on the road doing stand-up. Please go to PeteHolmes.com. Hope to see you in Orlando and North Carolina and Boston and New York coming up. New dates to be added. Uh, and in the meantime, enjoy Rhett and Link. Get into it. Somebody doesn't get headphones? Oh, that's fine. Right? Get, you don't care. I get headphones first, and then he'll take them and I go pee. Tell him to suck it. Um... Hello. Hey. So to bring people up to speed, I've never done this. I've never done this. <laughs> but I, am, I was late. I was in the audition. I had an audition. You were um, sitting on Rhett's mic. You may. Oh, talk shit about Rhett oh, before he gets in here. What do you hate about that <laughs> fucker? Ah, oh, he's here. <laughs> you close the door. I wasn't, your mic wasn't halfway up my anus. My anus? My anus. Is it all the way up? See, now I have to go. To the potty? Yeah. You may. Of course. Why did I take the power away from you? You may. <laughs> you just told, you declared that you're going. Am 
Am I going to use the mic that you were sitting on? Yeah, the butt mic. Uh, just use, yeah, yours. It's the Your Mom's House fart mic. They have a fart mic. I don't care. Oh, for yeah. That. I don't care for they that. Didn't, they didn't break that out on us. I don't like it. You're not in the potty humor? <laughs> I don't think that's potty humor. I think that's someone farting near you. Shit air. I think it's as directly potty humor as you can get. I, it's what happens on the potty. And it's humorous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's act, you're making someone breathe your, your shit wind. <laughs> I don't want to breathe someone's shit wind in a podcast. Um, Do you fart in front of your wife? Hell yeah. I think that's good. That's different. I Val's shit wind is on the menu. She doesn't yeah. <laughs> she doesn't order it in front of me often. That's her choice. Um but I do know couples who who don't. Yeah, I don't trust those people. And um and I know I know I know a couple that's in a twenty year marriage. Not one beef? I, it's pro- <laughs> it's probably happened unexpectedly. See. But the the policy is that is it's off limits to maintain the romance, which I I I guess I respect it, but I just couldn't I couldn't abide by that. Are they like lovers? You know what I mean. Either marry yeah. your friend or your lover, and are they like no? They have lovers. They have sex a lot. Really? Like I would say a high frequency. I would say this is gross. Maybe four times a week, which I think have is they a been lot for, for twenty yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. No, thank you. <laughs> no, thank you to what part? The sex four times a week? Um, no. I okay. Don't need that. All right, we, we, there's there's a couple of things about? we need to cover because sex? I just got back. We're talking about cutting beefs <laughs> in front of your partner. I'm sure you just noticed. I don't this. know what that means. Farting. Oh. You know, cutting beefs? <laughs> I've never heard that. I don't think anyone's ever said that. Shit okay. wind has okay. also yeah, been yeah, thrown yeah. down. There's a few things that we I have to deduce cover. deduce that one. You just observed Deuce. this, having just used the bathroom after I used it. Deduce wind. <laughs> Do you cut deduce wind? Hey, man, that was... That we're, just we're working. The, uh, the three of us are bidet aficionados, apparently. You have a bidet as We well. all have a bidet. I've got two bidets in my house now. I've got bidets for days. Um, I have one bidet. And if you have to poop on that unfortunate second bidet-less toilet, right. your, your butt is... Uh, your butt is really hurting. Yeah, I'm... Tell me about yours. Mine is super inviting. <laughs> Heated seat. Yeah. Is this a... Perfect dame. Toto? Um, I have a Toto. I have a Toto. I don't have a Toto. I have an American Standard. Oh, I'm sorry. I went to Japan for mine. <laughs> yeah. You, you kept it... You want your butt cleaning local. Right. Like right. your tomatoes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like some Texan down there. Yeah. Just, <laughs> with just, a squirt gun. Just, yeah. I can do this too. <laughs> Dick Cheney. It's a, it's a bird scatter shot on your anus. Um, it's a game change, though. You have the Toto. Can I tell you a pro tip for the Toto? Yeah. I've had that bidet with the heated seat. Mm. First of all, you didn't know you wanted this a heated seat. This isn't a competition, seat. is it? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, how I hot think, is yours? I, I think it might be. I mean, if we're—I got it on the max setting. I don't know. Actually, it's not. I got the water on the max setting yeah, for heat. Yeah, oh, of course. You gotta get it hot. And you know what's weird? It works right away. If you change it, it works. How are they heating the water? 
You know what I mean? You think you'd need to give it time to heat up, but if you change it to hotter, it starts shooting hot water right away. There's a coil or something. That, right? Yeah. This is instantaneous? Japan. I don't know if the American Standard one. Uh-huh. American Standard's like, we need some time. We need a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and Japan is like, we knew what you needed. We got it. And this water has Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, I can hear mine. Warming up? Filling up with something. Yeah. There's like a reservoir that it's like it. It cocks before it yeah, blows. Yeah. You like, hear like a... <laughs> yeah. like, oh. Here's the pro tip, though. Maybe okay. you already know this, Ready? Mm-hmm. But if you push the, the butt button twice, that's how you make it really strong. I don't know if we have the same one. Double tap. Well, okay. It's a double tap. So upstairs, it's- the introduction to the bidet was... Bidet mate? I think it was a... <laughs> it was a birthday, Father's Day, something. Jesse got me... Just the one that fits onto your existing. That's toilet. what mine is, yeah. And I don't know what brand that is, but it's not. Bidet. I don't have the weird not child tub. That well, no, but some we just redid have. the guest bathroom, and we had a debate: Are we going to a bidet do bidet debate? Yeah, a bidet debate because, and you opted when you redid your guest bathroom to not put a bidet in there because you didn't want to confuse guests because you thought people would be intimidated by it. You're trying to pose as an everyman. <laughs> that's very telling. Well, they'll break it. I mean, that's a lot of money for someone just to come in and. Break it. I will you say, like sit on it and break it. I've never used one of those. Used to use it the wrong. first I didn't, I didn't guess, think it through, but I knew like they would break bath. it. The first guest it's who used this, who is the wife of a mutual friend. That's all I'll say. Oh, Lisa Gunger went in. <laughs> Wasn't Lisa Gunger? <laughs> <laughs> she came back to the living room and was laughing hysterically, and she'd been gone quite a while. She couldn't get it to stop. She got stuck on bidet mode. Oh, she really? Got, oh, and if you're not on it, if your butt isn't there to be the wall for the racquetball. Well, no. She, she, she was like, do I just get up? I don't know. Actually, yeah. I don't know how she stopped it. Well, it would shoot out onto the floor. Right. Yeah, but the, but see, probably push the lid down. I have to go to the fan, which the fan is optional for me. I don't, I don't do the fan. Because the fan stirs things up. But right now, I'm having to go to the fan and then stand up, and then the fan knows that I'm gone. I can't get the thing to stop either. I, I've looked at the manual and everything. What I need to do before you leave is the double tap. Are you familiar with the double tap? No. I got a double tap. You know the double tap? I knew the I, I read the manual. It, Val's been washing her butt with high-powered, and I've been on the low-power, and I've been not as clean as I needed to be. And if you tap it again, but it's from Japan, so I feel like the instructions were not clear on that. Right. Actually, I have two different buttons. I have like a jet button. Oh, and then I have a See, little... that's the most American thing ever. There's a jet. Yeah. <laughs> we got a jet. And I have and a I have little a less jet. Okay. So I have two levels, two different buttons. But if I double tap the big jet button, yeah. it'll, it'll go in a massage pattern. No, we have an oscillating mode. Okay. I, see, this is why are you pretending to be an everyman? <laughs> well, <laughs> if... Tony... I'm notice trying, that Tony I'm... is not chiming in on this conversation. <laughs> if you have a bidet... You need to just tell your audience right now, <laughs> yeah. we are not like you. This is why I make this point on the podcast all the time. When George Clooney is pretending to be a dentist, dentists love it. They should be offended that a multi-billionaire was like, is this how you rub your forehead when you're stressed? Oh, man, I got another root canal. And we're like, bravo! You should feel condescended to. He just made $3 million pretending to have your shit job. Yeah, yeah, and that's the declaration right. I want you, all, all three of us, to make. We are off just embrace the earth. It. Just embrace it. If you have a butt cleaner, although 
I think this is the real meat of the conversation. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Once you go bidet, what is everyone else doing? Just walking around with shit ass. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's um, disgusting. As Oprah said, if you had poop on your hand, would you just wipe it with paper? Get a bidet, she said. Right. And I she said, said that. Oh, yeah, she did. And that's why you got one. But a lot of no, people... No, I are... got one because... I'm not an idiot. But a lot of people are using, the, you know, the, sort of the, the transition to, to the bidet is the, uh, is the wet wipes. Yeah, but you're not supposed to nothing. flush those. Yeah. yeah. Those are, even if they say flushable, it's the three Ps. You flush puke. I know. Somebody at the sanitation department us. thought of this. Give us the puke. other two Ps. You know them. I, maybe I don't. Maybe you'll surprise I us. want you to guess because you guys are fine. <laughs> and when I did your show, what I love is that you're ambassadors of fun. You can use that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, the condescending. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you can I mean, have that. Okay, we'll put your name under it. Okay. P- yes, please. With a little asterisk, which looks like a butthole being cleaned by a bidet. Two, P. You knew P. P. Yeah, and the and third pus. power tools. Pus is okay, and also what they they poop is poop. Maxi okay. pads. No. <laughs> right? Piles of nickels. <laughs> no. Well, you're not supposed to flush uh, yeah, baby I'm, wipes. You're right. And I you're don't. You're not supposed to flush condoms, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. That's Thank trouble. you for being safe, but don't flush it. Yeah. And they're, I think they're using our poop for stuff they're not telling us. Did you listen to that, Alec Baldwin? Here's the thing where they talked about what they do with all the poop in New York. No. There was a huge omission where I'm like, you're growing food with it. They don't want to tell us. They should be growing food with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. But it's one of those things where we don't want to know that. Yeah. Would you buy the shit tomatoes? If it's cow shit, you're like, fine, human shit. You want to be like, my uncle helped with this <laughs> vegetable? Mm. I don't like tomatoes, so it's an easy yeah, out that's for me. True. But really? No tomatoes? Yeah, it's sad. Hmm. I'm okay, really. No, I'm, I've really been fine. I don't want you to feel attacked. I'm feeling attacked. They are kind of gross. My toilet is better than yours, though. Well, it's American. <laughs> So then we're even. You have a guest bathroom. So <laughs> you're just doing better than me in a lot of ways. Use but you are keeping score. Bathroom. I do get it. And are there like nicer towels? And like some people go nuts with their guest bathrooms. There's like they want it to be like a hotel. The soap is like wrapped in plastic. Oh, you got uh, Yeah, because this is yeah, we're coming off like we're like situation. less than a month in here. Wait, you got a new place? Uh, no, just the bathroom. Oh. The bathroom is the new thing. And. And my wife does some design and likes to. Now we got to get the the right pictures of this so she can put it on her Instagram. And so it's very what a, much what a, what a nightmare. It's very what a much nightmare sentence. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we got to get the guest bathroom right. Yeah, so my wife can put it on Instagram. Um, but I don't think we've got. We don't have hotel soap. We do have towels that. I kind of look at the way that they're arranged, and I'm like, I probably should just drip dry. When you because were, I don't want to have to make it look like that again. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. But this is the when I was growing up, we had an antique room. Mm. It's the nicest room in the house. This is like a Sebastian routine. It's the nicest room in the house. <laughs> Nobody going in. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's true. You couldn't go in. Everybody's sitting like they got something stuck up their butt. You know? But why, I don't, we don't have anything like that. We did a monologue about, about that on the Pete Holmes show where it was like plunger in plain sight. Yeah. Towels clearly used, extra TP. Yeah, I one time I was I was taking a poop this is over fifteen years ago at John Mulaney's house, and I had to call him because I did I couldn't find the toilet paper, and he was <laughs> I think he's probably still mad about it. Where was he it? had to come in and hand it to you? Yeah, why I've replayed it in my mind. Why didn't he leave it by the door, knock and say it's there? But he he reached in. He didn't want. He was really. 
John's he not. He did a, right by you. He's not a. He did, but he's not a poop guy. There's poop guys. Oh yeah, yeah. And then there's not poop guys. Yeah. And Mulaney, I think, would like us all to believe he's a robot that does not poop. And yeah. I'm a guy that's yeah. like, we shit. Here's the plunger in case you shit yeah. a lot. <laughs> and I bet. In fact, I've been to Mulaney's. There's no plunger. There's no plunger yeah, in the Mulaney's. He's never going to get close to that oh. circumstance. No fucking way. Right. If right. there is, it's in the basement, locked up like a like if, a falcon. If there was, you would have wiped with it. I would have definitely wiped with it. <laughs> Plungers are nasty. Anyway, when you were young boys and your 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 tickets have come, your trains have come in, you're fancy boys now. Are you doing what you would have done as as kids with your fancy boys? Like you have Absolutely. lives of access. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying yeah. you're like out in orbit. None of us are Clooney's, but yeah. you know you've made it in comedy. And if you were talking to young Rat, young Link, how do they feel about how you're handling it? It depends on mm, at what point. Like, I think it depends on at what point machine. they kind of, <laughs> at what point they checked in with us. Right. You know, what age? I don't have a silver spoons basement. You wanted the SS basement? Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what the basement well, was. Well, it had the it had the arcade games and it had a rideable um, train. Oh. You'd ride on the train. Yeah. And like Theo's apartment on the Cosby show oh, had yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. would bring you a beer. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. But it was All soda. Like the, of the course. pipe. It was a pipe. It was a pipe. Yeah, like, it was like, like an air, airmail <laughs> vacuum yeah. tube. Well, wow, that's good. You know, a lot of it has to do with. <laughs> I'm going to make that my uh, my Windows boot up sound. Welcome, Link. <laughs> I don't have a Windows machine, but um, you do. I don't. You rocking Mac? I am. Yeah. You look like a guy I could ask. Is the new update worth it? Like that's, <laughs> I'm waiting. <laughs> you look like one of those. I'm a waiter. Phones. You wait? Oh yeah, I still haven't done My it. My phone's doing shit when I'm sleeping. I don't. Yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't pay attention. To but that. I think I think I think we would be ecstatic if we could travel back in time to our like the middle school versions of ourselves. Yes. If I understood your question that correctly, you did because you're answering it beautifully. Well, because yeah, we, we had we did a blood oath. Tell me. Um, is this where you were going? Yeah, we well, and we were I, we were what si- we were probably sixteen at the time, but right. a little too old to be doing a blood oath, really. I don't know, but so we if you were like twelve, I'd be like blood oath. Yeah, <laughs> wait a few years, boys. <laughs> Get your we, license first. You need a license to drive somewhere <laughs> safe to do a blood oath. Right. Where there was a cow pasture. We we grew up in rural North Carolina, so there's a cow pasture that we would frequent. And there what do you was mean? why just well we, where the cows were. You got to interact with the livestock. We would sort of we would kind of herd them. Sort of we would chase the cows. Exercise you chase them. Just kind of like to feel powerful. Multiple times to like a week. get a large herd of. But it's not your herd. Bov- no, 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 no. You heard? We, <laughs> no, we don't so know. Someone could have come out. And no one like, ever did. Get away yeah. from my herd. It was kind of like isolated, and we would yeah. sort of just like. Move the herd around. I'm sure we like made the cows worthless or something. Yeah, but, um, it was a powerful feeling. It, have you ever chased a herd of cow? Are you no. cattle? I should say. I mean, like it, it was kind of like homegrown city slickers situation. Yeah, I mean, rolling, we weren't. Rolling, rolling. We we didn't grow up on farms. We would just go to one and get a thrill chasing the cows. This is like something they would do in a movie. You know what I mean? When people are thinking in movies, they always right. drive to the airport. And watch yeah. planes go by. You guys really did it, though. You well, there wasn't a, there wasn't much else to do. Boredom, but and there was. I also went to the airport once. That was um, over there near that side. Christy, you've met Christy, mm-hmm. my wife. We when we were, I don't know, maybe we were first married. 
I was like, let's do that thing that they do in the movies where they drive and watch planes take to off. the airport. And we Wait, freaking, I said that and you did that? Yeah. That's and fucking we, nuts. We went to RDU Airport in Raleigh and we, we, I found did a place. Did you lay on the windshield? I had a, a truck. And, and we got in it, the bed. We got in the bed of the truck. Your marriage bed. <laughs> I was, I, you know, it wasn't. I, I was very open to anything at that point, and you were ready she to, wasn't quite as open. You're ready to fly first class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it didn't quite happen. But I mean, we were, we were. I mean, we were close to the planes taking off. That, yeah, that really. When I'm at the airport, going. I'm like, I get it. But it never happens. Yeah, it's like, like when where do you go? Golf balls into a swamp. Well, another. I feel like at this point, you'd you'd someone would come and stop you. Like, sir, you oh, can't yeah. be you can't be. Oh, part for two. sure, absolutely. But maybe back then. But when you need a good think, like I've never bought going to a bar and talk to the bartender. I've never bought hitting golf balls into a swamp. I've never like who wants to drive to the airport? That's the worst thing you can do yeah. unless you live in like your Friday Night Lights town, which is right. what it sounds like you guys did. Well, yeah. So we would go to this cow pasture. There were two rocks. In the cow pasture, one small, one big, and we had this system by which we would each sit on a rock, and if you were on the big rock, you could pontificate and say things. If you were on the little rock, you could only ask questions. <laughs> These are the type of things that we came up with. And then if you really needed that to say something... That's something you'd do on your show now. You had to switch. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, and I and we, we didn't think it was weird. We thought it was cool. Yeah. You know? No, when I was a young, keep going though, Rhett. Well, that was the spot of the blood oath, and the blood oath was taking a rock, breaking it on one, uh, taking a small rock, breaking it on one of the rocks so that it was sharp, and then cutting our palms. But it wasn't like, um, like in it chapter two, I think they, or maybe I don't, one of the it's they they do the blood oath, and. There's like a real, they like they, it's a real slice. Like, There's a visceral shot of that seen didn't it, have of a knife. This going was like a, a scrape because that was all that we could bring yeah. ourselves to do. And then we like took the scrapes. Don't and judge your blood oath as long as put them together and then put them in an oath. <laughs> put them on a sheet of paper that just uh-huh. said, "We are going to create something big together." That's what it said. That was it. Yeah. It was very. As your English teacher, I'd be like, "Can it be more?" <laughs> <laughs> he, he writes, "See me yeah, in yeah, blood." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See me after It was class. so just. We're going to do open, something big, very broad. This is beautiful, though. I yeah. love this feeling. Yeah. And I was going to say, when I was a kid, I know we all grew up religious, and I, me and my friend Fonzie, <laughs> really? we, his name was John Arelli, so I would call him Fonzarelli, which became Fonzie. Okay, would pray on a rock, like yes. claiming rocks as young boys, mm. and we were probably fifteen, sixteen. Right, we're like, this is the prayer rock, <laughs> like prayers on this rock matter more. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? And we're where like, was well, the rock? It was in his backyard. So you would go to it together, yeah, and pray over it, yeah. You'd like, we were you pulling? Well, I mean, energy. You weren't pulling energy from. Yeah, we weren't. No, this was like an Ebenezer that would be situation. Wrong. It was more like a a marker of this is where the good praying happens. Right, okay. but it was okay. more okay. similar to what you guys were doing, which was like. That type of boredom and that magical thinking is one of the things I feel like we're missing in society. Like, because we don't have that level of boredom and you yeah. don't have that like connection to nature. So you guys going around and being with cows and, and having the declaration rock and the, and the yeah. question rock is very familiar to me. And it sort yeah. of makes me sad to think that like maybe my daughter will grow up in a world where it's like, why would I do that? I have the rock app. Well, I mean, we've got, so, you know, we've got. <laughs> I'm so old. Teenagers. What do you got an app for that now? 
Right. Yeah. So right. I mean, like he's got a 16 year old. I've got a 15 year old, and they've spent. You know, we've been here almost nine years. Oh, but God. So they've been through that whole part of their lives where we, we lived that way. You know, we were out doing all this probably dangerous stuff. A well, lot that's of it also was. kind of fun. Like you guys yeah. were sort of being yeah. inducted. I was thinking about how we don't have, especially for, well, I don't want to be, it's for everybody, but girls get their period. So they have like this sort of induction yeah. into womanhood. So that's not going anywhere. There's no technology. Right. You wouldn't want a technology. I mean, I don't know, but I'm saying yeah. that's part of life. Boys don't have anything, so doing things that are like mildly dangerous. I'm not trying to be funny. For me, it was stand up. Stand up was the mm. weird cave that I went into because I didn't yeah. do athletics. I, my dad, and I don't say this with any hurt feelings. I'll let you know. I have plenty of hurt feelings, but this isn't one of them. Okay. <laughs> he didn't like take me hunting. I wouldn't have wanted to go. Right. He didn't take me on the scary thing. So mm. you boys were sort of like inducting yourselves, like being with large animals. And you, the first thing you said was that it made you feel powerful. Yeah. But to feel like you have agency. Yeah, and you have some real. power. Yeah, and it was it was meaningful. I think it that we like to looking back on. I realize ceremonialize things like memorialize things. Yeah, I think there was an element of you know growing up in the church environment where that you you kind of absorbed the fact that like yeah if yeah, you want to symbols ritual if you want an, if something is meaningful. You should build something around it. Dude, this is what so, vision boards are. Like, everybody, yeah. we're aching, as Rob Bell would say, we're liturgical creatures. This is why people tell me, like, I don't want to, I want to get married, but I don't want to have a ceremony. I'm like, no. Bias noted. It mm. maybe means more to me. I don't know. Mm. But I was like, Val and I were like, do the ceremony, yeah. do the rings. You can, you can say, do that it on your um, terms. Do it on your terms, absolutely. But, and also don't do it if you don't want to do it. But like, magic yeah. little things, our brains, what is the the word? It's not a familiar, but there, there's something about a... I forget the word. It doesn't matter. Native Americans used to use like... Uh, you'd carry something around. Um, maybe this isn't like a like a little bird or something. It meant something yeah. to you. Like in a your dead pocket. bird? No, no, like a stone carving oh. of a bird. But then there oh. were other cultures that like... I would teach you something like God comes to us disguised, disguised as our lives, right? That's like a good quote. So if I was your teacher, you would carve that in mm. wood... Like a big piece of wood, and you'd have to carry it around with you for a year. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're sort of... Yeah. Our brains are stupid. This is why we buy Coca-Cola. This is why we right. buy new shoes. So, like, use that to your advantage. And if you want to really ingest something, cere- ceremonialize it. Is that, Are you agree? Exactly. That's, I mean, that's yeah. what the rocks were. when There was a different place that we would go camping with a, where a different set of cows would roam. <laughs> And, that was a prerequisite uh, for going anywhere. Yeah, we, are there cows? Yeah, all right, we'll be <laughs> there. It'd be a well-trod area. So is it w- trodden? Trodden? Well-trodden? <laughs> no, no, I was, I was being you as a boy going, is it trodden? Blink, is it trodden? Let's switch rocks up. Well, I'll because... <laughs> <laughs> that was a great riff. Actually, that was the question, I guess. Well, and He's we, on the wrong rock. We created, so we, and we got other guys involved in this, and we had this group that we called the camping pod. And then we made like a, there was a document. A constitution. There, like, like, yeah, you had to wow. have the scripture of this particular group of of guys. You guys. Yeah, and so we would bring these right. guys out. You guys. No, this, oh, you bring other guys. Yeah, we, we would invite other, other friends. 10, too. 12 really? people out there, yeah. So it was kind of a semi-exclusive But it was club. all very ceremonial. and Right. We were... It's a little hunting circle. It's a tribe. Yeah, exactly. It matters. 
Why did it matter? Like, there was a, these guys in my college that had a fake group called Lambert and Sneed, and they had business cards. And you could only, <laughs> law firm? It, it was like a fake law firm. It was. <laughs> okay. And their business card had the two hands shaking. And you could only be invited to the thing. And obviously, it was all fake, but I, like, totally bought into it. Yeah, of I emailed a fake email, which, looking back, years later, I realized it was just Heath replying to me, pretending <laughs> to be his secretary. That's great. And I was like... This girl, I said to him, I totally bought into it. I'm very gullible, but I like that about myself. And I was like, this girl named Kim replied to me like right away. And he was like, oh, yeah, Kim, she's great. She's great. <laughs> and it was all fake, but it mattered. Like I was like, I'm in, it was called in the Rolodex. I was in the Rolodex. <laughs> oh, wow. And that, like, we're looking for meaning. We're looking for yeah. identity. We're looking for belonging. Yeah. It's beautiful. I'm just, I'm just agreeing and loving. Yeah, I just don't, I mean, and, and we'll do things like with, it. you really can't, we take our kids and do things with them and try to create memories. And it's very difficult to not be in that dad mode that like I'm trying to, uh, shape their future. Well, and and just kind of curate an experience for them that will then lead to a locked in memory that they'll look back. I feel like that's more than half the reason that we travel at this point is so it's like, I kind of remember I can mark my childhood by these, you know, sort of pivotal events, and I feel like we've got to create those. Yeah, in the in a in a similar way. You're steering the ship. Yeah, and you can go to Orlando. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you make a big difference. No, yeah, you do and, those and you don't know. I mean, you you, you don't know if you're it. It, it doesn't register in, in the, the moment. Way. It Is doesn't it? register. Can I say though? I love this quote. Nobody remembers what you did. They just remember how you felt, how they made you feel. Yeah. That, like, my family took a lot of trips. And I love my family. I always say this before I shit on my family. But, like, <laughs> the trips were fucking nightmares. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was so tense. Yeah. And, like, I was like, again, I don't know why I'm in a Rob state of mind. He's like, the ride to school is the, is the moment to make the memories as well. Hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you guys are probably, you know, you're not <laughs> 1980s. Boston parents. <laughs> so you can go on a trip and have a great experience together. Yeah. But like you I, all can I fall remember, apart as well. But yeah, I'm sure all I all I remember is how I felt, which was like very tense, which is why I really pride myself. We're like a, a Disneyland. No plan family. Mm-hmm. Just walk around. Yeah. When, like, go on pirates or don't. When like, Lily, you're not going to remember pirates. You're going to remember yeah. that dad was drunk. And he was drooling a little bit, <laughs> and he called you the wrong name. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not pirates; it's the walk around the park, and yeah. and, and, and you know, pirates is a fucking great ride. <laughs> right. right. Uh, when Lily turned 16, we said, "Hey, well, let's let's go somewhere you want to go. Just me, you, and mom. You know, not the other kids." And she wanted to go to London because she's obsessed with Harry Potter. Wow. And. We're That's getting there. her Jerusalem. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I've got. She wanted to go on birthright. Right. So I, I felt you know, good about that. If you're not a muggle, you can go for free. <laughs> <laughs> They'll pay for it. <laughs> but we, I'm trying to navigate the, you know, the, um, what's it called over there? Not the subway. The tube. The tube. The tube. Yeah. I can't even remember what it's called, much less navigate the thing. So, of course, we get off on the wrong platform and then we're like, did you mind the gap? I'm minding the gap, but pretty much nothing else, like which direction or which train I should be on. And I I just had this breakdown. Like, I was basically in tears on the platform, like, 
This is early on, too. Right? Yeah, this, this is, is like, like day two of like seven days. It's a hard day, though. You're jet lagged. And I'm sitting there just losing it and just. What was the category of the panic? Like, what, what about? Because you went the wrong way? Because I think at the deepest level, I was like, okay, I'm in charge of creating this experience and I can't get us anywhere. Wow. And it's, I just imploded. Yeah. And I, I think the. It was it, it there were, were a, it, was a, it was a bad couple of hours were because like, it was like I can't do this. It was like well, once we once we got on the wrong train, we immediately got off, and then when you get off at the next stop, you can't just go back the other direction with the way that it's configured. It's like okay, now we should just get a car, and then everyone starts having opinions. But I I still think it's up to me. So like, there's a little bit of conflict. The vo- the the voices are raising. And I'm like, we just need to get to the, to the, to the crown jewels. Is that where like, you were going? We were going to the crown jewels. I did that with my family too. It wasn't even worth it. No, they're bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, they're but I bad. think <laughs> three Americans, <laughs> they're bad. <laughs> I've seen better. One crown star. Jewels. <laughs> but the, the, the takeaway, more shimmer. <laughs> at least for, I think the thing that redeemed the whole embarrassing thing was i talked about it on our podcast and it was funny <laughs> no um that's did, what redeemed it i did do that but well, I, I still want to know what you were doing when it you was were panicking well i went from probably raising my voice and saying no we need to go this way i need to we, we can't get in a car because that's admitting defeat uh-huh. we've got to still take the train i didn't say that but that's Look what i was thinking the, i was just saying things like does. the mind is we've building got a story <laughs> this is eckhart tolle sometimes he does a running commentary <laughs> say it means defeat and, and at a certain mean. point i just got quiet and i realized i was about to cry oh wow <laughs> and it was embarrassing yeah and i realized there's a lot going on here and then ev- there everyone's pretty disappointed in me for being Pretty belligerent. And so we go see the Crown Jewels. <laughs> they sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I think they would have sucked if even if I knew how to get there. Changing the guard. How about changing these jewels? <laughs> <laughs> we need some new jewels in here. But then I'd I, rather see the singer jewel. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> later on that day, I was like, listen, I'm sorry. And we, we were in a cab because we had given up on the on the trains. A and lorry. I'm like, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Let's get lorry. it right. I'm like, this is what was. Ha- I'm, I'm telling Lily and Christy, this is what was happening inside of me. Okay, These are your like, oh, uh, and your wife and my wife, just Christy and Lily. And I'm like, I felt like this was up to me, and it wasn't fair to you guys. And and I feel like that's the thing that if she's to remember something, it, yeah, I lost it. But at but, least, at least, no, dude. Then he apologized. We talked I think, about it. I think you win the crown jewels. I, I don't think it's not fucking up. I would, to this day, break down if we could just get a little bit more like, hey, you know mm. what happened there? Because like what you're telling me, traveling, stress, my nightmares are literally mm. going the wrong way in a train. Like I, I'm not saying like that's mm-hmm. my nightmare. I'm saying when I have nightmares, it's like I'm holding a stack of papers. I'm on a train. I have the dream so often I know my way around the train station. I'm like, you get on this one. Oh, well. There's no roof on this one, but you get on this <laughs> one. You know, like, it's like a weird nightmare. And breakdowns, they build up, and they don't happen like in bad movies at the moment of tension. They happen. I'll be under so much stress, and then when I'm texting something urgent, and it changes the word they to through, 
And they is a word. Like autocorrect will yeah. change a word that yeah. is a word to another word. Mm-hmm. That's when I want to cry. Like I, I'm just like, like technology, yeah. you yeah. have failed me. And that yeah. is what happened to you. But when you admit it, total win. Yeah. And For if she remembers, it, I just hope if she remembers the first part, she remembers the second part. I mean, you if know I know saying? kids, they're always fair with assessing their parents. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's what I know. Especially in the moment. What were your other kids doing when you were off gallivant? You can only gallivant in London. Um, they were back here. Smoking with cigarettes? People. Yeah. <laughs> By themselves. The dog was taking yeah. care of them. <laughs> you have how, Qantas, TNAs? Three. Threes? Thank uh-huh. you. And I have two. Two. two boys and you and they're old so you guys had babies 11 and uh, 15 yeah when you were young we were on the north carolina time schedule scale. yeah not the la right weirdos yeah so all our friends are now have young young children so i didn't even realize i was an old dad until somebody after a show came up to me and said i wish i had the courage to be an old dad <laughs> oh wow and i was like <laughs> i didn't even know i was an old dad yeah <laughs> well you're you're only relatively you know definitely not here not here no, no people are like good for you perfect timing yeah you got to wait till your train comes in <laughs> and then you can have kids right and that's what's crazy so you made a blood oath and your young boys and your magical boys and you loved you loved each other yeah. You were good friends. Yeah. Were you like, did you rescue each other from otherwise awkward junior high experiences or were you doing fine? <laughs> well, I only ask a leading question. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> which story comes to mind? Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, I had a tendency to be suddenly sort of swept away with a, with a girl and I would kind of be gone for, be like, Two months, maybe six months if you're lucky. Yeah, but I mean, I, they were you're, you're not rom- many romantic. Yeah, yeah. but I, well, I was just you know easily taken by ladies, and uh, <laughs> and, and, and Liam Neeson would go. And, after well, you. <laughs> you know, and, and it's it's really interesting because you know it's taken with the ladies. You weren't taken by the ladies. Taken with the ladies. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's different. And shoots and leaves. Because I just feel like we were talking about this the other day. I feel like our kids are more are much more thoughtful. This is well, this one thing that makes me feel like a good dad. Not that I can take credit for this, but like even but you're going to. even in the way that I was talking to my my son uh, recently, just about somebody he had, he had hung out with, and he was just talking about the nature of the conversation. He was like, "I just feel like I was contributing a lot more to the conversation," and I was like. I was not thinking about this until like last year. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, I was just talking to somebody where they were telling me that their son said something about like, yeah, I, you know, when I talk now, I realize I'm not, I'm not competing for attention. I'm actually listening. And I was hmm. like, <laughs> I realized that two weeks ago. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. how are these kids being so right. smart? But I would just be like, okay, yeah, s- screw link for a little bit it, it obviously not it was very much a subconscious thing and then i would with one one girl what the the final straw was learning that she didn't know the freezing temperature of water i don't know why that really bothered me um what is it negative 16 <laughs> zero well in fahrenheit you know you know what it is oh i'm sorry in fahrenheit yeah fahrenheit 911 i'm going to break up with you if you don't know this beat <laughs> do you know Tony knows. What are you guys just 
going over flashcards before bed. <laughs> what is the freezing point? 32 degrees. You knew that. Fahrenheit? <laughs> we, we, we would have I never dated. We would have never dated. Well, no, the first thing was she was rewinding. We watched the movie together, and she was rewinding the movie. And you when know, it was done, back when you had to put the you had to put the movie you had to put the TV on channel three, right, in of order to, to watch the movie. Yep. Finish the movie. She starts rewinding it, and then she's flipping through the channels, and she goes past channel three, and I see the movie going in reverse. Oh, she's so playing I know in reverse. she has not hit stop and then rewind. She's just hit rewind, so you can still see it, right? Right. She's doing. She's wearing out those heads. And I and I was. And I was like, "Hold on, you you know you can you can hit stop and then rewind." And she's like, "Oh!" And that was like that was a big red flag for me. That like, I'm with you. I don't know no 32 degrees. But, but then, that. but then, like three weeks later, she didn't know 32 degrees, and I was like, "I can't do this." Oh, anymore. I thought you were gonna say th- a couple weeks later she did it again. She's still, <laughs> she's like, "I like watching it. It's like putting the toys back." No, in the, the box. exciting event was the was the VCR. And now I you know, and then the dynamic was the first one. I'm totally with. He'd come running back to his friend Link. You Over know, there, and he, I was the link in my friendship. He would complain. Way. Well, see if you were like this. He would complain to me about thirty-two degrees Fahrenheit and like pressing stop before you press rewind. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, damn, I gotta know my shit if I'm gonna be his friend. <laughs> that it's like is this, funny. this is guy, and it's and now in retrospect, I'm like, retrospect, you're not. You are, you're too much of a stickler, man. Just listen. Oh, I'm not a stickler. And by, the, and, and by the I knew way, thirty-two degrees Fahrenheit. And by the way, oh, I don't know what happened after the after I, I I broke up with her, I broke up with her, and then uh, what happened at the FLL dance? Well, she I didn't take her, but oh. once I got there, she seemed to only want to dance with me. Yeah, that's ice cold. She zeroed in on Link, but she did degrees. it for effect, and it worked. So nobody on wins. you. Nobody wins. My you date. Mean you were the you were the mannequin. Yeah. You weren't anything. And I was. You felt used. Yeah. I was kind of stupid too because like my date called her dad to come pick her up because I was dancing with your ex girlfriend <laughs> because she for some reason she wouldn't stop dancing with me. You couldn't get away. I couldn't get away. <laughs> you were the point she was making. Yeah. yeah. Right. To rap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had friends like that. I was the Red guy. wasn't even at the dance. No, you had a sure. date to this dance. And I had a date. Yeah. Yeah. Where's she now? Catherine Zeta-Jones. Uh, Selena is her name. She's probably somewhere in a 100-mile radius of where... Well, I'm sure she had I'm a just lot saying. of talent. Oh, was she in show, like a showbizzer? She was a cheerleader. Okay. Whatever future that gives you, I don't. I don't spelling out loud. <laughs> I don't know what it does. I was always the guy that waited for my friend Ern, who's been on this podcast, um, to be done with his girlfriend. I j- I didn't want my childhood to be over. Mm. You know what I mean? I I still wanted magical prayer rocks. Yeah, I wanted. You guys had a punk I was, band. I, was I had a band. I was very mad that my friend Ern wouldn't like want to play anymore because he was off. You know, I don't know grazing a bra. I don't know what they're doing. Right. Yeah. They were very sweet baby boys. Yeah, one of them was a girl, but they were both being sweet little baby boys. Yeah, right. And I was over there waiting. Things that he was doing with women, and I just well, not women, other girls. It was consensual, but uh, it was blowing my mind. I was like, "Where where do you get this? Careful with that language. (laughs) Where do you get this stuff from, man? It's like 
I just, you know, I just wasn't there yet. You didn't have the Christian guilt, or were you? Oh, I did. Were you ordering on menu? Is this over the over the Gene Jamborees? For sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, there was, yeah, there was some, there were some some slip ups, but <laughs> yeah, but it was very much, it was very guilt ridden. Yeah, yeah. That was that was for sure. Obviously, I mean, I pre- pretty much wrote a whole book about that, where I was like, yeah. That sin, the biological, it's the only biological sin. Like, there's no hormonal urge to lie, unless you're like a sociopathic or uh, you might have like a psychological damage that makes you lie a lot. I understand that. Yeah. Or maybe not a damage, just an abnormality. Right. But like everybody, for the most part, with a few exceptions, has a a bubbling case of hormones. Mm -hmm. I just, to this day, I'm still not 100% okay with sex. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 it doesn't show. But like somewhere deep in there, yes, I'm like, you can't, you'll this never is lose still it. naughty. Like this is bad news bears. Like I have to be very open with Val mm. and be like, I think some of this is still kicking up because like I see it. There's a part of my brain that's like, just jerk off, mm. like do it in the shadows. It's like mm. when I drank, I drank. I love drinking alone. It's like whatever the sin is. Do it alone. Right. Like exercise the demons alone. So the fact that you were out. I think it's actually probably a testament to your church and to your ingestion of, you know, the gospel or whatever, is that you you weren't living in constant fear like I was. Because I was like, if I go out with this girl, like, my father would be like, just ask her out, Peter. Just go up to her. You know, she wants something to do. She's bored taking a fucking chilies. Get yourself some nachos. (laughs) And I'm like, and then what? Like, I didn't, my fantasy was not being alone with them and getting my way. Because that would mean, like... I would have to let someone in the vulnerability that, uh, which is the fact that I'm a horny person, I'm a sexual person, yeah. and I want to see your boobies. Like that was right. too much to let someone into that vulnerability. But you, you weren't that way. Uh, I mean, I think I got, I probably actually got more that way later as, as I got older. Oh, and then it began to become, you know, like okay, I, this has all got to kind of line up. Uh, what do you mean? You know your beliefs and what you're doing. Yes, exactly. So, so I think we actually got. We were probably the most, um, you know, kind of committed and and getting to a place where you're like holding each other accountable, like that kind of thing. That was more you guys like, held each other accountable. Uh, yeah, I mean informally, probably. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Fonzie had the password. I put a parental lock on my own Netscape. And he had the password. Yeah. It was Barnabas. <laughs> oh, really? The password was Barnabas. You got to go through Barnabas. Because I called him because I was like, it won't even let me go to Kellogg's.com, which was true. But as soon as he gave me that Barnabas, I was looking at some softcore. Right. Wow. Keep it mild, boys. Well, Why so- can't you go to Kellogg's? I don't know. Man. Too much sugar. Two L's next to each other kind of look like naked people. Getting... <laughs> well, hold on, but you know that the G's. But you know the... what's that G up to? Wow, you know the, the story G. behind cornflakes, though. Tell me, Kellogg's cornflakes were invented to prevent masturbation. I love that. I literally was trying to go to Kellogg's.com. It wouldn't let me. I got Barnabas, <laughs> unlocked it, and then masturbated. So Kellogg's. Yes. So, au contraire, Doctor <laughs> Kellogg, DK. Who, who invented them. I don't know. I don't think there's any scientific basis to this, but the idea was that this bland. Why'd you cereal... look over there? If like a scientist was going to come <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's Tony looks like he loves science a good check jerk with a rooster. <laughs> <laughs> he loves a red, green, and yellow rooster 
You don't look at me. You don't look at me. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, that's. The, I don't know that the. So I don't you wanted know the a bland cereal that didn't. I, I got it. That, that won't stimulate you. Not too much sugar keeps you mild. Keeps you baseline. Yeah, and then it. You know, then it evolved in what, to what it is now. And Frosted Flakes, he's just like, oh, want to yeah, jerk that, off? That, Great. That, that's, that's <laughs> Go sure. ahead. Let's get high. You know Tony the Tiger's yeah. chopping up flakes and putting them in a joint. <laughs> yeah, stroke it long and lean. He loves jerking it. That's why he's so happy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're really messing up my cereal, guys. I know. You're really messing it up. But you know, I, I'm, I realize that we have this in common, but if, if we're done with this topic... I couldn't. I can't. I can't get enough of talking about good-meaning guys loving the Lord, but then getting the very heavy edict of "Don't touch." Were you given that edict? I don't want to assume. Was sure, somebody yeah. like oh, don't, sure. "Don't jerk it"? Oh yeah, and, all, and don't have sex. Of course, oh, yeah. yeah. So you read. You got over that initially, but then later you were like, "Wait a minute, I need to be pure." Yeah, for sure. When uh, did that happen? Like college or high school? Uh. I mean, it was kind of all along, but, I, but I'd say high school is when it, it started to kind of get more aligned. And I was like, I've, I've always been very much, um, you know, hypocrisy and kind of getting everything in line has been me an important too. thing me for too. me. I had in so, my dorm room, in my dresser, it said zero compromise. <laughs> yeah, right. Because mm. <laughs> I was so, I had cognitive dissonance. Yeah. I loved the Lord. Couldn't stop ejaculating on my shower shoes. <laughs> Just those nasty Eddie Bauer black, so it really showed up. Shower shoes. Yeah. Get it off there, boys. Hose it down like Shawshank. Yeah. Wow. You wore shower so, shoes in your own shower? No, this was in college. Okay. okay. But I'm yeah, taking like that's... nine showers a day because I'm like, what is everyone else doing? A lot of them were just boning. And you know why you're wearing shower shoes because, because of what you're doing in the yeah, in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> they were working. It was mostly <laughs> You me. were wearing socks with your shower shoes. Oh my god. Hilarious. So I'm sorry, you were saying zero compromise is what you made me think of. You didn't want to have any hypocrisy. I yeah. think I think for me, I uh, it was more about, you know, I don't want to upset I don't want to disappoint God. And yeah. Maybe, I guess I'll ask you, for you, was it more about being being right than not being hypocritical about the things that we were asserting? Well, I think that I, you know, I mean, I'm still this way. My mind still works this way that like in, in and then you can relate to this. It's like, if you're going to do something, do it right. You yeah. know, and that's that was that that was that's a big part of like my family sort of motto. It's like you 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 do something, you do it well, you do it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And once you, and it's very you very quickly kind of get the and script. This you can this you can be right. You know what the and, script and, is, and also do it right. That's right. Yeah, There's because because you've got everything. Proof. You know, you've you've got you know what the Bible itself says, but then you you've got sort of the evangelical perspective on top of that, which sort of layers in okay but no really what this means is this let's distill this down and make it easy and then you can be handed a book or a pamphlet or go to a seminar and learn how to be a man and all the things that go along with that and i was very even though i'm a, a huge skeptic in a lot of ways it's like once i kind of bought in it was like, okay, give give me the script. Give me the script. I'm going to follow it. Cuz I'm not going to be the guy, dude, I that's why I was so I didn't do over the Jean Jamboree. Nobody was offering, but I was so and in cuz we were sort of, I'm guessing you were born into it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. 
So I was in, and I was the kid, and I, I'm only putting this to you guys. I was like, if we believe this, let's fucking go. Yeah, right. Like, as I, I said in my book, I was like, grown-ups told me it's a heaven-hell game. I was mm-hmm. like, why aren't we going around? Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying they should have been, I, but I, as a kid, was like, we need to tell everyone their foot is stuck in the track and there's a train coming. Stop yeah. jerking it. But at the same time, just like almost like a televangelist or something, I was jerking off more than anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The guy who's like, can I keep you accountable for your jerking off? Like, don't, don't shake his hand. <laughs> oh, like that guy, yeah. he's having that's a good old hot wank. Yeah. But yeah. So you, you grew up into it and then you took it seriously. I think that's really... Yeah, because the same thing. It's like you'd see, you know, you're friends with kids who, if you were to ask them, okay, well, what what religion are you? They'd say, well, of course I'm a Christian. If I have to fill out the census, right? I don't know who is it. You ever filled out a census? I've never filled out anything for the census. I, I think I've filled out a census. Yeah, really. Well, when you if you do that, then you select Christian or whatever. It's right. like I was like that. That's it. That's as deep as it goes. Right. But you do realize that this is describing like. Uh, ultimate reality that is actually way more important than anything that you're seeing right now. Right. That's right. Like, this is like the cosmic truth, man. It's not the truth, man. Yeah. This it's is like, it. Awesome. Everything should be oriented towards this. Who's your footy team? It's, <laughs> exactly. It's not that. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. how do you view, like you said, ultimate reality. So I didn't, I didn't get, I did, especially growing up in the South, it's like... Um, and we talk, you know, it's interesting. So we, a lot of the things that we've already talked about, like stories about the rocks, and that, we found ways to work all of this into the, the the book that's coming out soon. And I don't know when. Say this the is name. Going, oh, yeah. Lost Causes of Bleak Creek. Give it a full novel. plug if you're gonna don't yeah. half plug. Uh, edit, edit this out. But um, <laughs> what is it called? The Lost Causes. Just of Just drop Creek. the audio. <laughs> <laughs> the Lost Causes of Bleak Blue, Creek. Bleak Creek. Yeah, coming out October 29th. Yep. And it's, you know, in, instead of Rhett and Link, it's Rex and Leaf, and it's Bleak Creek instead of Bowie's Creek where we grew up. But so we put a lot of these it's elements. nothing like You just gave experience. away the key. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> this map now has a codex. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, the, you the, the big rock and the little rock are in, are in the novel, and the fact that we grew up in a town with two Baptist churches. You had the first Baptist church. And then in Bowie's Creek, it was Memorial Baptist Church, but in the book, it's Second Baptist Church, which incidentally, hilarious. There's, I, we've been in a town where there was a Third Baptist Church, where it's just like, okay, we'll be third. We're it's like fine. when there's a Chinese restaurant, it's like uh, a name number, number two, th- right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, you know, we these sort of the expectations that are put on you in that community and what conformity means, mm. like we were really good at reading the room, reading the town, yep, and being like, oh, I see exactly how you orient your, yourself in order to be seen, to be rewarded, to be loved, Dude, really, you know? You're right. I think that's yeah. what a great idea for a book. Because that, uh, I say this all the time, but Reza Aslan did this podcast, and he was like, and it's not a bad thing. It's just not the whole thing. But the primary function of religion is identity. Mm-hmm. It's like making meaning. And I, like you guys, um, and again, there's nothing wrong with this, and I'm not even being critical of the church. I'm just saying a lot of the times it becomes a game of going like, oh, say Freck instead of fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, watch Aladdin instead of Reservoir Dogs. And I was fine with all of this. I didn't even want to see Reservoir Dogs. I don't want to see someone get their ear cut off. Like, I was a sweet yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those sweet boys. So, like, it was natural, and I liked it, and I could excel at it. I couldn't dunk a basketball. I couldn't uh, ask a girl out because of the things we already said. But if you were, like, telling me, mm. 
this is how like a huge thing with God at the center of it will accept me. It was like, you're goddamn right. We're going to get this jerk off <laughs> problem under control. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I wanted to, I wanted to do good. Yeah. And you guys wanted to do good. You wanted yeah. to do it good. But you said what, what was interesting about you said you read the room really well. So you saw mine was freck fuck. What were your things? Well, I think my motivation was it's, oh, there's a system. I don't have to question. I don't have to f- question whether I'm doing the right thing or not. It's like, okay, here it is. And it's, you know, someone else did it. Someone else did it. And it's very boiled down and practical. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of rules, but I could just take comfort in knowing that, okay, I'm following the pl- a plan. Yeah. You know? And I'm not going to hell. Well, and I think yeah, a big a part of it, I think a big part of it too is just I was how so with you. I was like, we're so what practical. Is the point of anything else, just make sure you're not going. Oh to yeah, hell. right. Yeah. What is and the, make sure multiple times. <laughs> every altar call, two baptisms. Yeah, 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 yeah. I never passed up a chance to be anointed with oil, prayed over. Right. What do you got? I, I said this. Sorry, it's in my book. I would fill out the visitor registration card to make a paper trail. That I was in church, just in case it came down to that. Like, it is sort of funny, yeah. and it's also sort of sad, but it's like, yeah. I want it on the books. It's funny. I, I, went, <laughs> I actually yeah. did the opposite. I never, like, I went forward for one altar call when I was 10. Um, it was called Contact 88. It was a revival. Oh, that was Ooh. when the Irish, the Irish pastor, Irish came in. pastor. Oh, came and in. when you get an when you get an Irish or an English pastor, just anyone with coming an into your church in the eighties, it's like, it's like come forward. Everybody's like, you might get to talk oh, to him. I just love the way he talks. Yes. I could listen to him preach all day. Oh my god! And in the South too, where I feel like I don't know why it seems extra fun in the South, but for some reason <laughs> yeah, my yeah. brain was like, it seems even more fun. Yeah, this guy really he delivered. He certainly delivered lots. We're well, talking about Christ. <laughs> you guys want to talk about Christ And they can kind of criticize America in a way yeah. I remember somebody came in and it was like People in South America They run on a thimble full of gasoline You guys need <laughs> 50 gallons To get on fire But I tell like a child in, in Venezuela One teaching of Christ And they're fervent for a month And I was like fuck <laughs> Meanwhile my, pa- my actual pastor is like I can't get their attention A guest, you want a guest right. And an Irish guest Oh yeah. So well, you it went worked, up. It worked. On I, I went up, and then I um, twinks. The the next day was the Sunday morning service because so it's Saturday night, I guess. And then like I was in the choir, like <laughs> robe and everything. So if you got saved old. at Contact eighty eight, you were in the choir. No, I said I want I wanted to go all the way. Oh okay, yeah, because full you're robe, the, yeah, singing in the choir. But I never answered the call again because I felt like that that would show that like it, it didn't take the first time. Yeah, that's right. But you what know? if it didn't take Wait, the first time? See, that's, that's what us. I spent all the We're time. We're more yeah, anxious for, going like, but what if it didn't? Yeah, right. As, as what if anxiety-ridden as I am and was, it's interesting that like I, I took that as a public show of weakness that it didn't take. I was like, okay. I'm 100% with you now. <laughs> like the yeah. weird boy... That keeps going up. You know the pastors are talking about it. <laughs> right. Fucking rat. How many times do we have to invite the Lord in his heart? There's 50 Jesuses in there. Right. <laughs> Fucking weird. Right. Yeah. Get out of the way. There's a line. That's right. Yeah. Let other people go up. Yeah. How are you boys? We when- can't keep counting you. And that's kind of what we're going for here. Well, my 
uh, somebody I know, his, their father is a pastor, and at the end of every service, they would have you raise your hand mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. accepted the Lord that day, and he would say thank you if uh, they were new, and they were taking a tally. Mm. So oh, let's say a yeah. new person raises their hand, they go thank you, and everybody's eyes are closed. And then the way that he would have them mark it as a separate tally, if it was if it was me or you, somebody that was getting saved again, he'd say, "I see you." <laughs> oh, wow. It was code. It and was a code. It was a code, so they would know the real number, not wow. the anxious number. Well, it, hey, at least they didn't blow the bloat up the number a little bit. You know? That's right. We're going to take those. Our yeah, second quarter they could is have light. Easily inflated. <laughs> that was a heavy burden. Did you guys witness to people? I remember a pastor at a, a church I was visiting. We used to go to this church in Mattapan. I loved black church because bl- black. I, I don't want to overgeneralize the black church, and I say black church because ninety nine point nine percent of the people there were black. Yeah. Uh, so I don't want to. I don't know if that's okay to say, but it, it was that. Mm-hmm. It was a black church, <laughs> and, yeah. and we would visit, and everybody just seemed so much more into it. Like they believed mm. it, like they there was more excitement and stuff. And I remember the pastor just flat. He was so much more frank. Our pastor would never speak this frankly, and he would just say, "Like if you're not saving at least one person this year, like what are you doing? What are you doing?" Like, and we were all like, "Oh," because he asked us to raise our hand if we had if we had saved somebody. And I was like, "I haven't saved somebody since Earn, who I already mentioned, right?" And that was six years ago because I didn't want to lose friends. Yeah, so there's, I mean, yeah, there's definitely a lot of pressure to, you know, share the gospel with people, but there was, we we were always so self-aware, self-conscious, not that it never happened, but it was almost apologetic when it was happening. Oh, of course. You know, it was like, ah, you know, I've kind of, I mean, this is... This is really the way it is. I know that this is socially awkward, what's happening right now, but... I say in my book, I'm sorry to keep mentioning my book, it's like, if you rob someone at knife point, it's awkward for everybody. Yeah. Like, the person doing it is like, I know. (laughs) Like, this is fucking weird for me, too. Nobody's, like, heart rate is low in that situation. So, in that same way, you're sort of like, look, somebody told me to do this. I want (laughs) to do it. Zero compromise. Right. Just, just say the prayer and we can eat these nachos. And it seems like yeah. the ultimate test of your own belief, right? Yeah. Um, if you really believe what you're being taught, then that's the logical conclusion. That's how it was presented. But well, it's, it's, so, it's it, so interesting to do it in the South as well, in the context of a place where there's like... Everybody already identifies As a point of reference, as this. at least. I was just going to say, who are you converting? Well, you're converting people who really are, who don't really believe. You're, w- oh, I we, thought you were saying most people were already Christian. Well, we would call them cultural Christians. Cultural Christians. I haven't heard that in a long right? time. And yeah. so it you're was Easter just, Christmas people. So in a lot of in a lot of ways, that's even worse because it's just like I know I'm not giving you a lot of new information, but I'm trying to change your mind about the information you already have. Yeah, like. Or just guilt you. Like, act, no, no, no. Like, but listen, take this seriously. Right. And that's even, it's, it's one thing if it's like, we're not talking about, you know, Jesus film stuff where you're in the, you know, you're in the middle of Africa somewhere and it's like, you show the film and everybody is like, and they haven't heard this story before. Like those, those stories that you hear, the missionary right. stories. Right. Like, that's not what's happening when you're in rural North Carolina. Right. You're, yeah, and you're, it's, you're, you're, you're preaching to the choir in a lot of ways. You know, even now I feel like yeah, it's right. it's difficult to talk about because 
you know, I, it, I, I just feel very, a lot of sensitivities to imposing you know, a belief on someone when if I'm honest with myself, you know, and I'm trying to be as honest with myself as possible now, mm-hmm. it's like, well, what do I, what, what am I certain of besides uncertainty? You know, it's like, right. so. It's Pete Enns, the sin of certainty. Okay. Yeah. That's a great, it's a, just the title alone. See, I don't want to get preaching here, but it's like the idea that it's about a, a, a series of thoughts that you hold in your head and you think and you rethink every once in a while to make sure you still think them. Uh, Richard Rohr, oh boy. Take your shots, everybody. I just said Richard Rohr. He says when Christ is saying repent, he's not saying uh, stop being bad. He's saying change the way you think. Mm-hmm. Change the way you yeah. see the world. Change the, way, the lens through which you see the world. So it's not necessarily a checklist of things you believe. Do you believe in this? Virgin birth, sinless life, physical death and resurrection, all these things. We want to turn it into that, but it's actually way more personal and intimate. It's like the fundamentals of mm. how you experience and move through reality. And whether you're really in the world or of the world, you know, it's like, it's, it's that. But I think all of us got told that it is about being certain in a certain list and defending a handful of Bible passages, getting right. really adamant and debating. We took something that's supposed to be so mysterious, which is a nice way of saying comfortable with uncertainty, mm-hmm. so paradoxical. And I don't mean paradoxical to put it down. I mean, mystery is paradox. Like, we live in a paradox. But that got reduced into like a checklist of things that we, as good, we were trying in our in our best way to be good boys yeah. and do what we were told and stuff. We went around making sure people said yes to the things we say yes to and say no to the things we say no to. Right. When it, I don't think it's really about that anymore. I think it, it, like your place of like I'm not even sure what I'm certain of. I feel like that's so much <laughs> closer to actual communion. You know what I mean? Actually being in that state that flow yeah and and, you know i think the thing that's it's difficult for people who come from this background that was very much about okay let's yeah let's say that there's mystery here but let's let's just that'll be something that's mentioned in a sermon here or there but really it's the system that we've we've put on top of this that we all need to kind of subscribe to and fall in line with and be certain of and then when you that system is kind of taken away and you and you're like okay well what's the you know, and what, what's the system of sort of L.A. spirituality? Well, there, right. <laughs> there's, you know, I, you can maybe you can kind of go and join some particular group that sees like oh, so I'm going to do transcendental meditation or whatever because they've got their their system. But it's really it's tempting to try to fi- to find another way to kind of get it all in line so you can kind of do what you were talking about, which is like. All right, I'm going to check these boxes off so I can feel right about this and kind of move on. Right. But you see, uh, and I want to go back to you, Link, because you were, you were saying something personal and important. So I, we're not trying to solve that. I think it's what's been helpful to me is the idea. It's that it's the ego. It's the the mental construct of our identity that wants certainty. You know what I mean? The ego wants to go like, I know what I'm doing, and I'm doing right. And to me, Christianity has so much more to go like, that's not who you really are. The part of you that wants to know that you're in and that you're right and that your group is right and that your country is right, and that your denomination is right, is all just sort of passing show. It's an ego trip. And really what's happening is the, the spirit behind that is where we can sit and dwell in mystery and be okay with it. Yeah, and I think, you know, 
<clears throat> Rhett and I have made a calculated decision to not speak about our faith journeys explicitly. Yeah. I mean, even to the point that we have in this conversation. Edit this all out. <laughs> because Put the book title back in, but take this part out. <laughs> okay, deal. <laughs> no, no, I uh, and I'm 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 fine having this conversation. I think that the part of it that comes to mind as we're talking about what you just said was um we've kept ourselves from talking openly about uh, our our spiritual perspectives, faith, journey, where we came from, all the things we're talking about, because I we've sent this uh, pressure, expectation, hope from people of uh, who would who would say they believe varying things, different differing things, who want us to express our allegiance to them almost. I hear you that. know, it's and. And maybe I'm just um, putting my own experience onto other people who may watch or listen to us because I know that I was that way when I was like, well, I just want someone who's successful to say what, what to agree with me, I to know. make me feel better I used to about where I am that Billy or what I believe. Green Day was a Christian. I just told myself, because I loved Green Day, and I was like, they're probably Christian. So I know exactly really? what you're talking about. Richard Rohr, another shot, uh, talks about transcend and include. So a lot of people, what they do is if they do transcend, change in some way, they tend to exclude. They go like, these idiots, even though you're talking about yourself, that, that was mm-hmm. you and you believe that way. There's nothing wrong with believing that way. That's like a step on the path. But if I'm hearing you correctly, you don't want to exclude these people that probably their, their faith is very personal it's very important, and you guys sort of are symbols of like, look, here's two good guys that still believe because they're not talking about it. I can project my beliefs onto them, and they're right. not going to say no to that, and that has value to them. Yeah, and I would, you know, I'm I'm not saying that I've transcended by any means. I'm, you know, I'm saying I'll say that I haven't. I do not believe I've transcended. I, you know, I'm not. I guess my point is I'm not comfortable saying where I'm at or trying to throw labels on on where I'm at at this point, period. You know, just because, I don't know, I guess I still, f- I don't know if that, if that pressure is really coming from within myself or it, it's not like we hear it from people. It's no one's badgering us to say, oh, no. take a stand. Right. You know, um, over the years, there's been indications of that, but it's not been anything that's been a problem. Right. Yeah. But you think it would be a problem, not that you would say this, but if you were saying, I believe that the Bible, for example, contains metaphors, not necessarily literal things, that would be a problem. You're afraid that you'd lose fans. I don't think, you know, I mean, I guess I, at, at this point, maybe I just see it this way because... I've ne- regardless of where I have been at and what my you know spiritual religious or even political perspective was I don't make decisions about my entertainment and like what communities I identify with based on that so I'm not so much concerned about that I think I'm sure there's some people who are like, oh, okay, well, these guys aren't who I thought they were. I'm out. But I think it's less like a, 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 like a, that would be more like a business concern. 
uh, and it's more, I'm not interested in judging anybody's particular place that they're at in, in, in their journey, right? It's more just about like there's sort of a story unfolding personally that when you tell your story, there's implied judgment depending on if you feel like you're further along in your story. So like, oh, if you're where I was and I feel like I'm, I've grown from that point, then I'm necessarily implying that you haven't grown. And I feel like there's, there, there's some hesitation there. Does that make sense? Yeah, I suppose. I think we all have that. I have to be careful. That's why when we were talking about it earlier, I was like, I'm not even putting down the church. Yeah. Because we are talking about ourselves. You know, that, that's, yeah. a, that's a huge thing for me is like when people talk about people with different political beliefs or, or religious beliefs, uh, of course I have compassion because I'm talking about myself. There's nobody in the other yeah. boat. It's just, it's just different me's over there with different beliefs. So it can be tempting to be like, well, I've evolved, right? Right. But what's, I guess what's sort of missing is like why, uh, and I, this is not the podcast, this is not a gotcha podcast, I'm not trying to put you in any sort of corner. Yeah. It is sort of weird, if it's not a business decision, why you don't feel like you could state your beliefs in a compassionate way that is inclusive. Well, I, I think that we are, you know, we've, and I think a big part of this is, I mean, first of all, you know, we've changed and sort of grown more comfortable with, um, talking about more personal things. I think our podcast has kind of drawn that out of us. You know, we had a, a very guest based podcast for the first couple of years and then it sort of just sort of morphed into, just you Hey, there's the two of us. Let's just talk. <laughs> yeah. Let's catch up. Let's tell you, you know, let's talk about what happened over the weekend or let's explore some question or something like that. And that we is have a big rock and a little rock in our. I was going to say you call the two rocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. no, we didn't go all the way. We should have. Um, <laughs> and then you know I've been in therapy for the past two years, which has been transformative for me. So I've been kind of talking about that journey. I've been hearing about his therapy for two. Lots years. Lots of lots of hearing about my therapy, which is like therapy for one year right, for you. Free therapy. <laughs> and then you know we've done a lot of deeply personal things. Uh, out, you know, GMM or the you know our daily show is it can only get so personal when you're like eating a goat testicle, but. <laughs> you know, our podcast gets very personal, but then really writing the book, which was so much a, hey, let's go back to 1992. Let's go back to that that summer before high school. Uh, and let's use a lot of those touch points of where we were at personally and kind of the way we were processing the world. And then let's tell a funny, scary story in that context. And I think just processing that and talking about the book has sort of led to this place where it's like, yeah, we're going to naturally be talking more about where we come from because yeah. we are who we are because of who we were. Um, and it's, I, I almost feel like it's been a little bit selfish to keep that. It's almost like there's a, a little bit of a gaping hole where it's like, Oh, but this sort of really big part. And if I, you know, if I read your guys wiki, I know that there's something to do with this, but with you don't ever try. Yeah. But you don't ever talk about it. Yeah. I, I think it, so I think I mean, it's if really you think a, it's selfish, yeah, I, I think it's selfish to not talk about it in order to sell a book. Not talk about it? You mean you don't talk about it so people? Will buy I was the really, book? I was making a joke. That's I funny. I just wanted. I to was just, sure I, I was just it. trying to figure out. Where, <laughs> yeah, that is what I'm wondering. Where I went is, wrong. is the book has some of these spiritual, some of your beliefs in it? I think it's a, it's a little bit more. It, it's more indirect in that it's. It's, it's kind of what it's, it's the world, the world, it's view the world the, of the book, yeah, and. The, all the characters have to navigate the things that we're talking about in terms of 
the rules, the the belief system, the um, walking the line, you know, and the pressure of that. And I mean, is what is a lost cause? You know, the judgment that that we were that we were taught to assert or or fall victim to mm-hmm. is something is something that we were trying to um, let the let the characters grapple with. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you? Are you a are you a found are you found or are you lost? Mm-hmm. Are you is there hope for you or not? Yeah, so I think it's more that the perspective that informs the themes and then the kind of way the story unfolds, uh, which isn't it's I wouldn't say that it's a spiritual book. It's just it's spiritual because the South, because the setting, the South is really a character in the book, is a very you know there's who's in and who's out, and how do you define who's in and who's out? Well, where we grew up, you were in if you were a member of a church mm-hmm. and uh in a kind of contributing pillar of society is somebody who's a person of faith and if you were you know okay well there's the jewish family it's like what's up with what's up with them we right. know that, well, pray let's pray for them <laughs> you know right, right. literally the one jewish family right and so <laughs> and in like in the book there's a there's a you know there's a one of our main characters other than that Rex and Leaf, who may or may not be related to Rhett and Link. Uh, there's a filmmaker whose mom is from that from from Bleak Creek, and she's you know her father's Jewish, and she's been in New York, and like she's kind of she comes into Bleak Creek during the summers, and is kind of like, what is this place? There's and so we tried to kind of represent that outsider perspective of like if you didn't grow up here, but you had but you had a reason to come back here on a regular basis, how would you? interpret this world and, and right. the rules and the expectations. That's very interesting. That sounds cool. Uh, because I, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, being in L.A. gets you into a place where there, obviously there's certain pressures and there there is a system. We're like, well, what is the system? Well, we know what the system is. There's all these transactional relationships and everybody's trying to get ahead of everybody else. Thankfully, I think it is it's not too hard to extract yourself from that and be like, I'm not going to play that Hollywood game. Mm-hmm. Um but I do think that being here does provide a little bit of a vantage point where you can be like, oh, okay. No one really think believes anything here. Mm-hmm. So it is a sort of a good vantage point to evaluate and, and, and sort of run through your mind the places you come from. It's, a, it's an empty room. Yeah, exactly. And it makes you look at what you were, what furniture did you bring to the room. Exactly. And go like, is this my furniture or did somebody just mm-hmm. give me this furniture? Right. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like, how long have you been in L.A.? And do you feel like it was an empty room for you or just... My empty room came when I got divorced. So mm-hmm. I, I, that's when my empty room started. And that's when mm-hmm. I sort of dabbled in atheism. And that's when I started to feel, I'm sure you guys can relate, even safe to have um, doubts right. out loud. And not even out loud, in your brain out loud. Like I would, I would stop myself from thinking like, wait, all of my friends are, are Jewish or all of my friends are atheists, mm. culturally Jewish. Some of them were religiously Jewish, or they're atheists. Everybody, nobody seemed to believe in God. Everybody sort of made fun of believing in God. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm the one sheep with the wolves, and everyone's going to yeah. hell. So when my wife left me, I used that as a permission to start just entertaining the thoughts instead of thinking that they were being tallied against me. Like doubt was a sin. And therefore, having the doubt was just making me even more hellbound than I was. But when I felt like God didn't hold up his end of the bargain because I got married 
and I did everything that I felt like he had told me to do. Mm-hmm. I didn't swear. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't have sex before marriage. I kind of did, but it was with her, but whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when that fell apart, I've said this a million times, forgive me, but I was like, I felt like I was paying the mafia to protect me. And then someone burned down my bakery. And I was like, well, fuck the mafia. They're fake. It's fake. So that, but what was really going on on a deeper level was that there were doubts. And, and I don't mean in a nasty way. I mean sort of in a beautiful way. Mm. I, I always go to the, the harsh example of like six million Jews die in the Holocaust and then they go to hell. Like that's like a very nasty yeah. thing to believe. Yeah. And to take an earnest, loving, curious kid, like I, I'm assuming the three of us were, that, look, that woke up in this conundrum that we're all sort of stuck in, that none of us asked for. I'm talking about life. Mm-hmm. We go, and we had an inkling, a retin inkling, that something <laughs> was going on that we didn't understand. And that's beautiful. Yeah. We didn't want certainty. We just wanted to play in the dandelions. We were right. just like, why are we all acting like this is so normal? Mm. There's a foregone conclusion that we wear pants and we have wallets and we drive cars, we go to work and then we die and then we go to heaven and everything's fine. I was like... No, something fucking yeah. crazy is happening. And that's a fact. That's, we can all agree on the fact that we are part of a phenomenon. It's fucking yeah. nuts. And I wanted to talk about it, and I wanted to think about it. And the one place that I really felt like people were felt like they could get into it was church. And then so kind of like an amendment. So there was the let's talk about the mystery amendment. But then someone mm. stapled to that amendment, being gay is wrong, being Jewish is wrong. Not just wrong eternally damnable yeah so like i got a a, a delivery that i didn't ask for that was a bonus gift gift curse with what i did want which was some sort of vocabulary to interpret participate with and experience the fundamental mystery of existence so when my wife left i find my ex-wife obviously i finally felt safe in my empty room to go like well let's let's talk about do you really believe that my brother, my brother, I don't mean my, I mean my flesh and blood brother, John, who does not believe what I believe, he's going to hell? And just for being who he is and using the brain that he has and his experiences and his psychology and all this stuff, he interprets what I was told and he went a different way with it. And I'm like, he's going to burn forever and I'm just having noodles with him? So I started to (laughs) feel safe to go, I don't think that's what's going on. Mm. Enter Rob Bell, enter Love Wins, enter Richard Rohr, enter Ram Dass, all these things. I started to go, we threw out the baby with the bath. There is ultimate reality. There are ceremonies, texts, rituals, practices that can help us merge with, not have certainty for, not understand yeah. completely. Because what fucking God that you can understand completely is worth <laughs> is worth your time. Yeah, right. That's nonsense. But I was like... All that, like, in, out, us, them, burning, saved, was missing the point. It's an ego trip. It's an identity trip. It's a culture trip. It's a certainty trip. It's a fear-based trip. But underneath it, there's Jesus saying, the kingdom won't come by expectation. The kingdom is here, but men do not see it. And I say, okay, that sounds right. Does all that debating, does all that being right, does all that screaming at each other or Twitter fighting get you closer to the kingdom that is currently resting on your skin, Hmm. currently looking out your eyes right now, that's how close it is. The good news is right the fuck here. We're waiting for it later. You're in eternity. So 
You know what I'm saying? We're like, yeah. when we die, eternity starts. You're in eternity. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in it right now. I know there's a rock rotating around another rock every 365 days, mm-hmm. and water's freezing at a certain temperature that I already forgot. <laughs> That's just a construct. And America's a construct, and, your, and, and the church is a construct. And, and look at Jesus, what he's saying. He's saying your family isn't shit. He's not, he's not pro-family. He's not pro-certainty. He's not pro-church. Buddha came to reform Hinduism. Jesus came to reform Judaism. These were, these were rebels. These were like true patriots that criticize. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're going around wagging their finger at the, at the people in the temple and telling a centurion that he's in the kingdom or telling the thief on the cross that he's in paradise. You know what I'm saying? These yeah. are people that come to shake it up. And you start to go like, oh, me wanting to be right or me even thinking that me and my beliefs mean shit is so fucking wrong and so narcissistic. Mm-hmm. And so self-serving. Yeah. Oh, what's happened to Pete when Pete dies? Get the fuck over yourself. You're not your thoughts of Pete. You are the presence witnessing those thoughts. You talk about change. Who doesn't change? Who doesn't change? Mm-hmm. You used to believe, I, I, I'm just going to project on you. Let's say you used to believe that soda was a good way to hydrate. We'll keep it real safe. <laughs> That's true. And now later you're probably like, maybe we should get some water in here. That's just a change. <laughs> right. What didn't change? the witnessing presence that now knows about hydration. Yeah. It's, it's, you're watching those thoughts change, come and go. But Jesus, Buddha, everybody's pointing us to that which does not change, which is consciousness, mm. which is what science calls it. Consciousness is spirit, soul, the, in, the indwelling of God. That's, that's what we're all after. Science, As I say in the book, science is trying to photograph it. Mystic is trying to merge with it. It's trying to lose, lose the story of Pete into it. Like a spoonful of sugar getting stirred into yeah. the iced tea. I want to disappear because Pete ain't shit, motherfucker. <laughs> Pete ain't shit. Pete's beliefs ain't shit. It's who yeah. are you when you're quiet? Who are you when it all goes away? Hmm. Well, we, and you know, in the, when you talk about change, I should have been in a black we, church. People would have been. Well, we were. T- <laughs> we were not, if well, you were right now, then well, okay, maybe you'd have gotten more of a response. <laughs> I <than we laughs> gave you. <laughs> That's what I meant. I was like, I felt like that was some fire. Quick aside. That was good. No, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Quick aside, speaking of uh, a black church. So when I was in college, for summer, I went to inner city New York, and we worked with all the urban churches that were doing doing work in the city, which were black churches. They were the ones actually doing meaningful work. Yeah. And one of them was called, and may still be there, the soul-saving station for every nation. Which I, <laughs> to this day, I have not found a better church name. The soul-saving nation. <laughs> soul-saving station. station for every nation. Wow. I witnessed uh, two exorcisms there. You did? <laughs> Is that right? Tell me the deeds. Well, they were, I, they, they were pretty mild. I kind of feel like maybe... Mild exorcisms. Maybe they weren't real. <laughs> Dude, we all know. What do you mean? <laughs> Describe it. It was just like a girl who was kind of frantic, and then she was delivered, and they said, that, yeah, that girl had a demon. And I was like, I don't know about that. She chilled out? Yeah, yeah. She did. She calmed we down. We all know church theater. She, we had the kids calmed, that would like, right down. answer the call to put on. I'm not saying that there isn't phenomenon that we don't understand. I'm saying I knew some kids that would be yeah. like, I'll speak in tongues. Yeah. Because they just had that performer buzz. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. I, well, yeah, we... We could. We, do we that. were not in that. We yeah, were not in I, that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I probably could have learned some tongues, man. Because <laughs> well, we had a way of finding an audience. Right. What about the other exorcism? Well, well, it was pretty much the same deal. So, but change. <laughs> you're talking about change. Got us excited about an exorcism there, account. There is you know, no crab walk. 
<laughs> no, I wish. No handstand no, puke. No, if you don't get a, like an unnatural change in the tone of voice, I just don't think it's legit. And yeah. I didn't witness that. Can I say, again, Richie Rohr coming in hot and Eckhart Tolle getting mixed in, two flavors in this scoop, <laughs> is um, these possessions are, are ego possessions. It's like mm. when we really believe what we think is who we are, yeah. that can overtake you. You want to talk about demon possessions. I have family members where I'm just like, I am talking to a uh, calcified, hardened structure of responses and thoughts. There's no freedom. Mm. That is a fucking possession. That is yeah, real. Right. I understand that in the past, before we understood psychology and dysfunction and all these things, that we might have just said, these are demons. Okay, now we, we understand a little bit better. But like, I talk to people, and I sometimes feel myself believing my own thoughts and i go this is a possession that's what eckhart tolle says is when you believe you are your thoughts that is a disease he calls it it's a disease to lie in bed with nothing wrong short of breath panicking because you can't stop replaying the future which Mm. isn't even fucking happening right that is a disease and i think in in jesus's time they would have been like this person has a demon these days we might say they have obsessive compulsive disorder. They have this, they right. have that. But For we're sure. talking about when the brain overtakes the spirit. That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to separate what you think you are from what you truly are. And yeah. what you truly are is unborn, eternal, and forever. Right. And by the way, I think completely innocent, isn't loved by God, is God's love. I think it's hmm. fine. I think you're <laughs> good. <laughs> um, well, when you were talking about change, uh, and this is something that we've we've talked about, I think that we have gotten much more comfortable with sort of embracing growth and embracing change. I think that when we moved to, moved to LA, like we, we did a cross country trip and we, of course we filmed the whole thing and put, you it, did? On, put it on the internet because that's what we do. <laughs> and I think there was this, there was this, we actually one, met fans at rest stops, rest yeah. stops all along the way. We would publish what rest stop we were going to be at. Cause they're like, you know, you can just pull right in and pull right out. And they can line up. and That you know. is beautiful. When I'm like really free and anxiety free, that is the sort of idea. Like me and Michael Gunger are like, why don't we just tweet we're going to be in this park with pizzas? Like everybody come. So you guys, that to me is truly beautiful and fearless to be like, let's just see some people. Yeah. That's freedom. I don't know if we would do it now, yeah. but it worked, it worked well at the time. It was... We'll get a little out of hand now. Yeah. But it, 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 was, it was great. But we we did this one video where we were kind of talking about, you know, what is LA going to do to us? It's just like, and there's <laughs> this, you know, are we gonna are we gonna change? How are we gonna change? Um, and I think that especially, I mean, have you watched that back I recently? No, you but, you're going to get a bidet, right? But within, <laughs> you're going to have a clean. Well, there is a disposition. It's so there's a distrust of change, you know, within the church. Um, and within cultures that are largely defined by the church, like the South. And so there is this, and I don't know if it's Well, a, being right is still believing what everyone where you're from always was told believed. to believe. Yeah, there's nothing new to believe. It's, nothing's broken. That's right. In the, in the, and that's in what you, Richie Rohr says, is, is the yeah. invitation is to break away from the idea that believing what you were told to believe by your parents and your community, like forsaking all of that for whatever truth comes to you, however it comes to you. Right, but there's just a, you know, first of all, there's just a big distrust of the West Coast and of L.A. and the, of this culture, and it's like, anytime we talk, we, we talk we talk about our bidets, we talk about yeah. 
getting a massage or whatever right. L.A. thing. We don't even realize how out of touch we are. Yeah. I want to be clear. I do not want to be the guy defending L.A. because every place is fucking full of shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah <laughs> and I am not the spokesperson for L.A. being like, guys, I love that you're from the South and I love that you're sensitive to maintaining some of that because there are moments – when I'm telling my mom that we're, we don't, maybe we're not coming home for Christmas, I'm like, Jesus Christ, you're the cliche in the movie right. that changed. But that goes, I, I don't, well, there's I don't want little, you. It's not fun. But there's I want my little, daughter to enjoy Christmas. Exactly. <laughs> the tension at that Lithuanian dinner is fucking <laughs> awful. And I was like, Pete, in the movie, if my mom is the star of the movie, I'm the villain. Yeah. If I'm the star of the movie, my mom is the villain. Right. And everyone's cheering. Don't you see? It's all perspective, but I'm the fucking L.A. douchebag, so yes, go on. Well, Pretty great here, though. There's this little southern it. boy. <laughs> there's this little southern boy, right? And I, and I think in some ways this is, is great and probably provides some sort of balance. And, but there's this little southern boy inside that even when I begin to i'm like oh i'm i am changing I, i'm you know i talk about the growth that i'm experiencing through therapy and then there is just this little boy and there's like that's bullshit of course <laughs> you know dude and, and mine is my father's voice yeah, yeah, yeah. going like you don't really go to therapy do you yeah right I'm like, only for 10 years <laughs> like what do, what do you should pay for it it's mostly about you guys yeah and so i mean i I, like I said, I do think it, in some to some degree it provides a little bit of balance because you know you can just as easily kind of move into some sort of extreme commitment to personal wokeness and just become an insufferable asshole. Totally. And so it's like, okay, what You're is... You're just changing, believing what everybody believed there for what everybody yeah, believes Yeah, right. Here. And that's fucking rancid. That's what I want to yeah, say. Yeah, so moving into Don't openness and not yes. into just another system. Just fitting in. Yeah. This is what I see. I don't want to get too political here, but I'm like, yeah, we're in LA. We're not so into guns, right? We have different feelings about guns. And I'm like, yeah, but if I lived I in... I think I saw that in a bumper sticker. We're not so we're into not guns. We're not so into guns here. <laughs> but if I lived in a rural area where everybody had guns... And somebody was like, yeah, you call the police because they have guns and we just want to have a gun. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. And then I come here and everyone's like, we don't have guns. And I'm like, yeah, because there's people everywhere and the police are right there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Pete there would be that. Mm -hmm. yeah. there's, there's a humility to that. Right. Like if I was surrounded by people, like I think about this all the time. If you took liberals, but you changed one issue, like what if we were really pro tobacco, for example, <laughs> like liberals are everything, but we're really pro tobacco. And we're just like, it's an American crop. It, it provides money to lots of American farmers. Like, would we just, would we all just be like, because that's how we were raised, that that's what liberals were. Yeah. And conservatives were exactly the same, but they're very anti-tobacco. Don't right. you see? Like, don't we see how, like, fucking dumb we are? And we just go like, oh. well, that's what my group does. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. and like, not, not to get more, even more political, but just the, you know, the conservative commitment to capitalism. For sure. I mean, it's just like, that's right. whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, when you trace this back to, like, okay, so you're... Let's put all these identifiers together and like two of the things that end up crossing over so often are really into Jesus, but also really into consumerism. Right. And it's just, it, you know. Right. And it was just. The man I'm, who said, don't put your treasures where rust and yeah, it's like, He's like, how did, how did this happen? That's exactly my point. And there's a compassion that you can, can cultivate when you go, 
I wish I could say this in LA. I just don't think it's funny enough. I was like, if we were in, I don't even want to pick a place, but I don't want to say Tennessee and sound like Tennessee is stupid, but I'm just saying like, if we weren't here, if we were there, we would probably be another way. You know what I mean? Because my example is if everyone was by, I've said this a million, so I'll make it brief. If the president was by, Michael Jordan was by, your father was by, look at Greece. Everybody's fucking everybody. It was just a cultural Mm. thing. Don't you see how much we want love that will go around doing what everyone does? Look to cults and other things for more examples of this. Mm. We want to fit in and you need to dissociate from your beliefs. You need to go like, Beliefs are happening. I'm over here. You know what I mean? There's another thing. That's the right. false self, true yep. self. That's the brain and the soul. And, and, and not be so precious about like your group. Hmm. Yeah. Fuck your group. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. But I didn't know that everyone in Greece was bi. No, I'm just saying there was like a like time ancient Greece. in ancient Greece. Oh. I'm sorry, I should have said ancient Greece. Okay. I just think it was interesting. Maybe that there modern was day a Greece, time I haven't been. No. There was like, of course you have a wife, and then of course you have yeah. a male lover, and of course, you know, there was even weirder things, or not weirder, more less typical things yeah, happening. Right. I got you. And I'm like, if I grew up and my father was bi and extolled the virtues of being bi to me, would I be also more op- or bi? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably just be a bi guy. In the way that mm. like the love of baseball can be handed down, what other love could be taught to you like turkey means love i just drove past a wendy's you look at the wendy's collar the collar on wendy it says m-o-m i don't yeah i'm sure you internet in the logo yeah yeah, yeah. like her collar spells mom yeah they're trying like th- these are the things where just like a-, a hamburger is your mother loving you and we're dumb and you and there's i'm just back to the same point there's a humility there's a humility to saying our beliefs have a lot to do with where when to whom we're born and then you can yeah. go okay, then the whole game can't be hinging on something so fragile as right. what you believe and what you don't believe. Right. You don't believe in a ghost. I could make up a fake haunted mansion and make you believe in a ghost. So who fucking cares what you believe? That is, so if there's any liberation, I, I can be like, guys, who cares what you believe? I, like mm. when I hear about you going to yeah. a rest stop, I know you don't do it anymore. That <laughs> is freedom. I don't care what you believe. I want you to be free and I want you to be open. I do want you to be free to change. Yeah, because the whole fucking thing has changed. Our bodies right. are changing. There's atrophy. You got to make friends with change. Yeah. What were you saying, though? I was done. You weren't done. But you know. <laughs> but but before we're done, I know I don't know how long we've gone. Yeah. But we we have to talk the about the fact that. So we're also into the enneagram. I'm also a three. Yeah. And threes don't get along. I love hanging out with you. I. Just give it time. I heard you. I heard you talking to. to you are fun. I heard you telling one, t- Tony about Hilarious. about crying. So my when hearing the uh, Tony sleep, sleep Tony Hill sleep, oh, Tony sleeping Hill. at last the Enneagram yeah. song. So my wife sent that to me while I was at the gym on the elliptical, and I the listened to it. Child's grown and then she then she she texts me and I'm like I am I am weeping on the elliptical. Yeah. At the gym because of of this song, yeah. so I can't I can't listen to it. It's I mean instant. I, I have to be very careful it's where I am. Sleeping at last. Sleeping at last. Sleeping at last. If you know your enneagram number, you can listen to. For some people, Michael Gunger, for example, listens to the five song and it doesn't really do much for him, right? But the three song in particular, well, that's the best song. No, <laughs> I I definitely cried when I heard the one. Yeah, it should get you. Right? Oh yeah, he's it's it's great what he's done. 
Unbel- he's doing the pod. Awesome. Oh, really? So you're a one and a three. That feels like a power duo. I'm not surprised that you're thriving as you are to have somebody that's like sort of ambitious and then somebody that's like, but let's do this properly. That yeah. seems like a good duo. Yeah, that's a, our dynamic for sure. Yeah. Who who did turn it into the, what it is? Like who was Me. the one? You made the moves. <laughs> you are fun. You are fun. Um, He's over there having a manic episode about how you can like, maybe we could eat goat testicles. And you're like, yeah, but we need to live stream it and we need to have a way for people to subscribe. And- uh, well, I mean, what is the what is the answer? I think it's, you I know, think we I've wouldn't al- be here without each other. I mean, that's the hokey but true answer. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I, think I see I'm, people am- who've just done things on their own. And because we've always bounced every single thing that we were creating off of each other, it, I just can't imagine um, how, how, how you did it, how other people do it, how most creatives do it. Alone? That's the most, yeah. want to hear the most three thing I could ever say? Someone else would just slow me down. <laughs> that is the most three thing. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I oh he hate, I slow him down all the time. Well, I he think hates that, it. I think that's yeah. our dynamic though. But I think it's what has led to everything that we created is like I am always on to the next thing and always saying we we got to do this. This is the this is the next big thing that we should be trying to do. Mm. And then it's like, but okay. Th- then the process of justifying it to link. And then us talking out what the details are because he's got to get into the details is what actually makes it a reality. That's and right. so I think that that's actually, you know, that's my that's Katie. Katie's yeah. not here. Tony is is uh, filling in, but the yeah. head not filling in. You're welcome, Tony. Don't feel filling in, but the usual person that I've been working filling with, up, man, filling up, filling, filling out. up. Filling out, jerking out with cornflakes. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is I work with Katie for a long time. Katie is the person that's like, let's get this on. I don't even know what Lisbon is. What the fuck is a Lisbon? Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you do need somebody. So Katie is very important to me in that regard. But uh, you have Link. Yeah. and You could fire Link, absorb his salary, and just get a Katie. R- yeah, okay. <laughs> just that's, I'm totally uh, joking. But then every, every idea would just fizzle out <laughs> as he moved on to the next one prematurely. <laughs> It would be every idea would I be was like 100% JK, you know that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, my every every idea would be like my bedside table which is like 18 unfinished books. Dude. Yeah. I'm going to show you as we walk through the house the stack of books that I've read a third of. Oh, I'm oh, Why don't I, you just show me because I'm in the market for a different 3. Oh. I think that's really where this should be going. What I like a new coupling. A new coupling of me oh, and you. The, Oh, we go. Pete, I'm talking about you and I working together. You oh, need a one. Shit. I need a one. <laughs> you need a one, baby. I could make it happen with a one. There are things I know I'm... you were talking about. Because you went to YouTube. I don't like, I wouldn't want to film this because I feel like would be acting differently if it was filmed. Hmm. But uh, a one, I feel like, would be like, Pete, you could film this. It's a whole other revenue stream. You get it on YouTube, subscribers. It's funny because on our podcast, we, I, I was pretty adamant that we don't film it at first because I was, I wanted to get at the like I wanted to get at the things that you don't talk about. When well, you're we didn't film it when yeah. we had guests, so that was the objective. When we, we started guests, filming it, when it was just yeah. the two of us. I feel like if there were cameras on me, I mean, look at me. I look like a. <laughs> I look like you found my body in a river right now. <laughs> I'm not going to say n- you don't. You guys both look great. Let's talk about your hair just for five seconds, like okay. Dry spray? <laughs> uh, Dry thanks sp- for asking. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a special proprietary pomade that we make and sell. I have it. 
Oh, so I have you, mythical pomade. Okay, I haven't. I've, I've I used, used it, but you don't it doesn't think I look use like one? that. That's got, a dry spray. No, you got to know how to. do That's it. just pomade. Yeah, yeah. Just blow dry it. Oh, and then you blow dry it. Yeah. So you palm first. I blow first. <laughs> I palm second. It. I mean, it's masterful. Oh, thank you. I can't understand what's going on. Is there dry shampoo in the pomade? <laughs> it's so dry. <laughs> This is real. I just dry it. Pomade it, looks it, so it, wet when you put it in. It is wet. You put it's too putting. Much. You're putting too much. Too in. much. Yeah. Yeah, but yours hasn't moved. But everybody, this whole time. everybody's oh, really? hair is so yeah. different, though. Too. I don't. I, I'm actually. So we're. I had to. I'm growing my hair out to see what to see what happens. <laughs> and so I've had to transition away from our pomade. So now we're developing something that I'm that for you. Yeah. Because we got to still sell it. Yeah. I have a question. Yeah. It's annoying. It's not annoying. When I did Good Mythical Morning, first of all, thank you for having me. What a great fan base. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, great response from that. Um, they love guests who play, like commit. you, are just like, they commit and they just play. Silly and, billies. Yeah. You know, it's, um, so it's, it's hit or miss, but I'm, it's, it's nice to have people willing to come on our show now. Because you got, I think my uh, team was like, just so you know, it's fucking weird. And I was like, great, let's fucking get into it. <laughs> it is weird. But I have to imagine you get like every once in a while somebody that's like wearing a very nice gown. Right, they just don't know. <laughs> they, oh, I didn't know right. I was getting into yeah, this. Yeah. Why yeah. is it called Good Mythical Morning? When I agreed to do it, um, I had seen it, so I knew, but I thought maybe we were going to talk about mythology, and I, that's why it's annoying. <laughs> I, I apologize for this question. No, but no, I was like, I no. really, I was like, oh, they're interested in me because I love mythology, and we're going to talk about Joseph Campbell and <sighs> why. What's going on there? Well, um, <laughs> our fans w- named themselves like Jimmy Buffett's got the parrot heads. I think that's right. Uh huh. That's coke heads. Okay, sure. He's got coke heads. And they, so there's an internet trend that's like, okay, the fandoms name themselves. Sure. And so they named themselves the Mythical Beasts. This was before our show started. But they did that because our oh. origin story is meeting in first grade and Miss Locklear's class being held in from recess for writing profanity on our desks and then having to color pictures of mythical beasts. Oh. And so that. So, so we would tell that story to so all of the fans knew that was the origin of what they were now enjoying. So the fans made So they it. call themselves Mythical Beasts after that anecdote. And so then everything we started doing had this mythical... So like our, the company's Mythical Entertainment. Mythical Pomade. Mythical Pomade. You know, Good Mythical Morning. So every, if we can work the mythical... Because of Mythical Beasts. Yeah, exactly. I think the only reason we... We knew we were going to do a daily show, but we never talked about it being a morning show until we said... Good mythical morning just kind of rolls off the tongue. It sounds good. So, so then the it word became for a morning afternoon show. was morning. You'd be in an afternoon show, <laughs> yeah, because of the alliteration. And it, I think, marketing it that way or being able to market it through that title was part of the success of the show. But it was, it was that like, was one of the many things that was unintentional. Unintentional, because yeah. Before Good Mythical Morning, there was Good Morning Chia Lincoln. So we had a Chia Lincoln back in North Carolina before we moved out here. What's a Chia Lincoln? It was just a Chia pet, this Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> and so we were like, we're going to do a little talk show where we, you know, we would carpool to our studio back in Fuqua, Verena, North Carolina, and we would start a conversation and we'd be like, oh, that's what we should talk about today. Let's stop the conversation. Let's go into the studio. We'll have a 10 to 15 minute conversation unedited, upload it, and that'll be a show. We'll do it for as long as this Chia Lincoln lives, which it turns out it's about 40 days. <laughs> so 
that was where the morning thing came in because it was literally the conversation we were having as we were coming in. So when we yeah, that's true. restarted Good Mythical, when we started up Good Mythical Morning, we're like, ah, well, let's just carry on with this whole morning show idea. It doesn't really matter because you watch YouTube whenever you want to. But it turned out that we were kind of unintentionally, by putting it in the morning and also making it 10 to 15 minutes, we were preempting the YouTube algorithm changes that would happen in 2014, which is when YouTube started rewarding longer videos, but also videos that went up in the morning and kind of got on, had the option to get on the trending page in the morning. And we just kind of stepped right into it and the show just exploded. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. And then you came on the show and um, it did a lot. It did a lot. I I can't quantify it, but it did a lot. (laughs) For me. (laughs) I hope. Tell us about it. How did your career change? That was when you... That's when I got HBO. Yeah, that's when you got it. (laughs) It was pretty... crashing. (laughs) No, you Uh, were were promoting the final season. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, it would have been badass if we called it the final season. Like Mr. Robot, they go the final season. Well, that's what you call it now. But that's what you... I I call it that now, but it would have been badass if (laughs) the billboard said crashing the final season. Right. Instead of like, crashing, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Crashing, fingers crossed. Because then you look canceled. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's talk about i have a, a one final christian question but it's not a heavy hitting question okay. how were you guys when someone thought the world was going to end i don't even mean your church i mean any church because every time my whole life if they were like there's a church in fucking chicago that says they figured it out the world's gonna end on tuesday i would shit my pants we we never talked about that oh i was super skeptical of any Really good. Anybody who had any sort of math that... You were eschatologically skeptical? Yeah. <laughs> and and I also had never had any, as much as I had uh, systematic theology about a lot of things, any of the end time stuff, I never had a... People got really upset about pre-trib, post-trib stuff. I was like, guys, this is this is some dream. Right. Let's just be okay with not knowing. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, okay, you dodged that bullet. I just thought maybe you had... I had weird stories about like wanting to jerk off, but then remembering that the world was ending that day, <laughs> then being like, "Not today." That's my. That's why my special is called "Nice Try the Devil" because I was about to do it. And I was like, "Nice try, the devil." <laughs> almost got me. I'm not going to have Jesus come out of the clouds on a flaming sheep while I have my ham and my sandwich. That was the, that was, that was the line. <laughs> but even when I was a kid, I remember worrying about the second coming while I was doing that. But that was a thing. Really? And that didn't kill the mood? I, I powered through. <laughs> I just, I got very fast. <laughs> um, well, what about the hardest time you've laughed? That's usually, first of all, sorry I was late. I've never been late to this podcast. Did, maybe you'll get the, uh, the job. Part. What if I get the part? You gonna t- Can you tell us about it? Absolutely. It- I oh, answered good. the call. So Katie, Katie Fischel, whose Instagram is wonderful, sex is weird with underscores. Um, is so funny. She, so I always say to her, she's our nanny for now. Okay. <laughs> she's just super talented. Sex is weird. Yeah, with underscores. Uh, she, her name's Katie Fischel. She's super funny. And um, she called me. Here's a pro tip. You can set up... this. I actually think this is worthwhile. You can put your phone on Do Not Disturb. My phone's always on Do Not Disturb. But you can make a group. Uh, iPhone lets you... You need to use an app that lets you do this because otherwise you have to do it on your desktop. It'll you can make a through. group called family val is in it and katie is in it Hmm. and those will ring so i'm in the audition and actually i thought it made me look kind of like a cool bean 
because the phone rang and I was like, sorry, I have to get as my nanny. And we're about to do, you know, I'm in the room with the little camera. Everybody knows this hitch. And I answered the phone and they were like, you have a, you have a podcast? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> it was... You were there, Tony. It wasn't you guys yet, but I was like, oh, no. No, no. we were there. You were? Yeah, we yes. were standing there. Oh, shit on a dick. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so I was just like, uh, well, I, I, gotta, I was in the room. It was too late. I was going to be late, so I'm going to bang out this thing. But the audition was for a movie, and I had to be manic. So I was watching all these videos of people with bipolar in having manic episodes, so I had to like have a manic episode. Oh, wow. And if there is an anecdote here, it's this. It's uh, me being manic is just me not resisting the urge to be manic. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we fueled like, it a little bit. Yeah, I thought you. I loved it. I thought you were going to say we we made you manic. No, knowing I mean, that we're sitting there ready to do your podcast. I have a good degree of surrender. I was like, there's nothing I can do. I remember when I was trying to get to a gig. Fine, we didn't help. We don't have because if I got it, you. That, I'll give you that. Yeah, maybe it made me a little bit more nervous. It's helpful doing an audition where being nervous helps. Yeah, like the character's supposed to be nervous, so you yeah. can lean into whatever yeah. naturally occurring. You can have your adrenaline's going a little bit because you're auditioning for a thing. You want to get it. It's a weird right. situation, but it was really a really fun audition. You nailed it. I think I'm not going to say that. I do feel like I did a very good job because I've cast things now, and I'm like, you just have to do. You have to have potential. You don't have to do 100%, but mm. you should show, especially something with no script, you're just riffing, and it just says, this guy's having a manic episode. That's all you had? That was it. But I wow. prefer that. And all mania is, this goes back to Eckhart Tolle and what we were saying, it's just saying what you think with like a lot more declarations. Like You have to just be like, you know, I'm sitting on a couch. You know, They say you shouldn't, you shouldn't sit. You know, with a guy with glasses, you got glasses. I guess that makes you smart. What are you smarter than me? You know, like you just mm-hmm. let the flowing diarrhea that we all have. To Neckart Tolle point, he's like, when you see crazy, quote unquote, crazy people, and they're talking, they're like, you can't fucking talk to me that way. God damn it! I'm like, yeah, you're doing the same thing in your head. You're having an argument. Yeah, they just say it out loud. Right. But they're nuts. Like it's the sort of thing where you're like, we're all nuts. So it was super fun. But I did feel bad, and then I sped over here, and here you guys. As I say, you went the distance. You did the full two hours, even though we started 45 minutes late. <laughs> We've done the two hours? Oh, yeah. Wow. Just under. Yes. Wow. But okay. we're going to get there with the final question. Okay. Did I satiate your desire to hear about that audition? I feel like I just yes. kind of went on a tangent. No, I'm inspired. Keep it crispy. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had someone walk out. But they oblige. They know how it ends. You know what? They're, they're taking off their mic. You know what? Keep it crispy. <laughs> that is bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't get up. I didn't fully commit. But. No, I, uh, we're too comfy. We're on a deep-seated couch. The last question, because we do get into weird stuff, um, is the hardest time you've laughed. Could be together. Could be individual. Mm. doesn't matter. And it doesn't have to be a great story. Sometimes people get worried that they have to tell a great story. I'm just thinking... When you're laughing and you're crying, yeah, your belly hurts. How old are you? Where are you? What happened? Well, this has happened. I mean, this is a recurring theme. Like our, we've had epic laugh, laugh attacks. attacks. <laughs> well, we in fact, where you're just laughing at how hard no, you're laughing. We used at to. We used to. We it's got the to a greatest place thing where we just ever. incited it. 
It was like, there's nothing here. Let's just start laughing at each other, and then you yeah. start laughing at That's each other. That's laugh yoga. Yeah. That's it, what that yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. It's a real we, thing. We invented that. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was actually- I do think, it with my baby. I'll go, ha, 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 and she'll go, <laughs> yeah. it, it totally Super works. Super fun. I, I was thinking about this because we, so we, have, we had a game that we invented in uh, middle school, which we never came up with a name for it, but now we call it Test to Kill. Uh, which is when you sit in a room across from each other with your legs spread, and you take a Nerf ball and you throw it at each other's nuts. Or kind of roll it. You roll it at each other's nuts. Oh, I see. You can't protect. Yourself. And uh, you just got to let it happen, right? Yeah. And so we did Sometimes this. It's the gentle touch that hurts more. Yeah, it's, it's so deceptive. Yeah, she doesn't believe me. But Who? So- <laughs> she doesn't believe me. Your wife? Yeah, I'm not gonna. Okay. I don't want to say it's my yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's too much. Well, as long as it's not my wife. Um, so we went to we went back to Bowie's Creek uh, to do a little documentary that was like, okay, we're going to go and do some things in Bowie's Creek to kind of show people like, hey, this is what the world of Bleak Creek and the book is based on. Uh, we And we went back to my childhood home, and my dad knew the guy who he sold the house to. And he knows us, and he was fine with us going in. So we went into the house, went up to my childhood bedroom, and we played – Testicle. Oh my god. This is like a month two months ago. Yeah. And I had a I had a significant laugh attack. Yeah. That was the hardest I've laughed in twenty nineteen for sure. Oh my god. Was and it was a throwback to when we used to laugh that hard. I love that. The feeling of because you guys have known each other that long. When I was little, you know, junior high, high school, early high school, we'd go in the basement and put sleeping bags over our heads upside down so we couldn't see, and then would fight. It was, and there was one kid, Dan Shaw, who always used to do a handstand and do a mule kick. <laughs> it's cold. It's cold. And I was doing bits. And I just said, what is this mule kick? <laughs> so me and my friend Tom still say to each other, what is this mule kick? <laughs> it was just an odd choice. Yeah. If you're going to fight with a sleeping bag over your head, he's like, I know what I'm going to do. What is this, Tekken? <laughs> what, are you, what are you, one of the smaller characters in Tekken? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I love that. But we have the magic, man. If you can make people laugh, it's a privilege. Yeah. You know, to give people that. It's is, a gift. It's a calling. It's awesome. Yeah. It's from Seinfeld. No, I know. And I'm glad that you guys have found a way to do it. One. Yeah. And weird manic ideas that never work out. Three. <laughs> and together, you are good, mythical, Abe Lincoln, Chia. Morning. The book is Magic at Mystical Mountain Lake, <laughs> starring Rink and Lank. <laughs> The Lost Causes of Bleak Creek. Lost Causes of Bleak Creek. And the podcast, you know, if we had guests, we'd invite you on. Ear Biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. Ear Biscuits. Good name. Thank you. Your book kind of sounds like Garrison Keillor in the, I used to love Garrison Keillor, like Lake Wobegon, kind of like you're doing a fictionalized version. His little opening. Yeah. I used to love those for sure. And his books are great too. Um, Scandal Noted. You have to say that. Yeah. Scandal Noted. Scandal Noted. Tip of the hat to the the scandal <laughs> but, uh, great great place to end it <laughs> do you guys want to bring up any hot topics <laughs> uh, right now you say keep it crispy. yeah yeah keep it crispy uh-huh. yours I'm, counts the earlier one counts do i get to you can if you want in unison two three keep, keep it crispy. crispy mythical beasts yes <laughs> 
Thank you, guys. Thank you. My pleasure.